0: Coming. Pass
1: is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore, down on the right sideline. Into the end
2: zone,
0: and he's picked off. Back the other way. There is a lot going on. Why
3: not you
1: just touched on there, yeah, I don't know where to start either. Um, is, uh, is Kenny making an appearance, Pheebs?
4: uh i don't i don't know if you want him to he didn't i didn't uh your, tell your, him to.
1: your media manager has left you alone to do this that's all
4: he has you know what the problem <laughs> is this is like his 6 year olds bedtime
1: so oh, right.
4: once, you know he would definitely make an appearance once she's in bed yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay <laughs> or I'm, she will literally try and be on the screen
1: i was ridiculously jealous actually of um because obviously you guys have been posting all the stuff from obviously from the link which yeah considering the 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 Barbs that Kenny was throwing at me about what the link is. I was like, it's this cathedral of NFL. He's like, well, it's a place, isn't it? Like, whatever. (laughs) And then he posts up a picture of him catching freaking passes on the field and stuff like that, wearing the nicest swag that I've seen anybody get. Those flag tops that you guys jackets, so nice, nice. aren't
4: they? I know they are good. It was, um, yeah. To be honest, that weekend was insane because we landed here on the wednesday so we took like a 7:30 flight from heathrow landed here at like 10 30 at night and then in, in new york drove to connecticut left the next morning drove down to philly to leave our car flew out to la landed at like 10:30 at night went to our hotel did the girls under armor camp that day got a red eye so a midnight flight took that red eye landed at like had a layover Which was killer, and then landed at like 10 in the morning in Philly, drove straight to the Philly camp, then had like another three hour drive back up to Connecticut.
3: I just feel tired listening to that. Yeah, Yeah. savage.
4: It was good. It was just like, I think Sunday we both were like zombies. See
3: you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Eagles are worth uh, that much effort. That much effort. Get out
1: of it. Come on
4: the girls were yeah. good they did honestly they did such a good job for the girls though like it was insane they gave all of them their whole they all had their own photo shoots they had their own signage they had all their jerseys every school huh? that arrived had their all their jerseys laid out in the locker room like the Lombardi oh, trophies sick. in the back end I mean these are high school like secondary age girls like it was sick it was that's very awesome
1: cool. do you see and them
4: like buzzing <laughs> on it
1: and everything as well like they're getting a huge kick out of it right like those kids in Vegas here yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it was was
1: major. (laughs) So, Phoebe Schechter, uh, I need to say, by the way, is joining us here on the Return the Picks podcast that is under the umbrella corporation now that is Verge Magazine. Thanks in part to Phoebe introducing me to Andre. So, uh, I will say this podcast is uh, not necessarily the uh, beliefs of Verge Magazine necessarily. Apparently, I need to add that in as well. Um, (laughs) Before I start talking. Before before we uh, we get into everything. Although, I don't know if we can go down that many bad roots it's always been a fun week in the nfl this week but um yeah. the reason like phoebe you're everybody knows you from sky sports nfl Talksport nfl super bowl commentator uh guest host on the um or co-host on the uh her huddle i've got a question though about all of the work that you do right
2: mm-hmm.
1: why on earth aren't we and don't take this the wrong way scrapping her huddle and just having you and Hannah on the main Sky Sports broadcast instead. Having Hannah hosting, you, Ryan Bold, and... um, and... Sure, Neil. I mean, I was going to say Neil Reynolds, because we need to have Reynolds still in That's there. Like, like Reynolds, He could Reynolds be the producer got... in the background like he was no, before, couldn't he? He's got great like knowledge. Like, I, I respect Neil Reynolds. Yeah, he's it, done in so the air. Yeah. In the, <laughs> in the earpiece. But I'm just Get saying, of Neil. I'm just That's saying, Wilkes, Wilkes and Schechter have shown that we don't need to have a her huddle show. We just need them on the main NFL shows at this point. Great presenter, great guest, obviously with coaching knowledge as well. You and Ryan Bold would be an absolute laugh. And Reynolds there as well, bringing the kind of detailed knowledge too.
4: I mean, from your mouth to God's ears. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? It uh, It was, I mean, gosh, doing Sky on the Sunday was so cool. Neil was there in his living room or his kitchen, I should say. But I mean, working with Jeff, like I've known, so crazy story about Jeff. When I first started playing American football in the UK, it was in Manchester. And it was for a league called the LFL uh which never went anywhere to be totally clear um but we went to the vikings came over so this would have been like 2013 maybe 20, 2014 the vikings had come over and we're doing kind of like a little one-on-one chat thing jeff reinball was there that was the first time i met him with neil and jeff saw that we were wearing like t-shirts that just said lfl and he was like i know that i know what that is that's what, when the girls play and we're like yeah yeah, yeah. it's like me and two other teammates he's like oh come on back and like had us come sit in the back with like Harrison Smith wow. and like chat, just like me, my teammates, and like three of the Vikings players, Kyle Rudolph, like, and we were just sitting there, like, this is crazy. <laughs> and that was my first time meeting Neil and meeting Jeff. Then flash forward to when the Super Bowl was in Minnesota. We I don't even know how we kept in contact. So Kenny had had taken those guys from that and was doing all the like basically taking the guys around the country for nfl uk at the time you know showing them kind of like the sights a good time all of that so we're in minnesota for whatever reason and then we end up meeting up with harrison smith going to his party on super bowl in minnesota oh, just wow. like chilling and i was like do you remember this day yeah you made it so
1: you're a, you were part of the kenny's amazing i didn't get to go to the super bowl in minnesota story but i watched it with harrison smith and people you were part of that entourage <laughs> that... as well
4: yeah yeah i did i literally flew in for the night and flew out again because at the time i was with the international player pathway guys down in bradenton so left kenny there i went back to florida and that was it <laughs> so
1: cool that's still one of my favorite stories from uh, uh from the the super bowl just gone Of he was like well yeah i've never got to go to a game but i have watched it at a pro player's house with like three other nfl players i was like how the fuck do you just hang out with like
4: watching a seems <laughs> like you've skipped a few like a little flex there, yeah. that isn't it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's very yeah. strong it's very strong um dude i yeah thanks for the time as well by the way i know you're super busy um no. It's, it's great awesome. to get you on. Uh, last time I saw you, we were stood in the stadium in Los Angeles.
4: How mad?
1: How's the come down been? Have you got any reflections on everything? Because that was your first Super Bowl, and like, were you? Are you just still running a wave off that, or have you come down? Have you had like the Super Bowl hangover? Like, can that's that's a real thing.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I think naturally, I think it is a. I mean, I'm, I want to hear your opinion on this too, but I definitely would say it's a Super Bowl hangover because. They let I you almost, guys
3: drink on the job, do they?
4: I did not drink. I cannot speak for the boys in the group.
3: <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Carry on.
4: <laughs> but you know what it is? I can kind of, I relate it to almost like, I, and imagine you guys can think of the same thing. Like when you go on tour with teams or, you know, you go away, like to play a game, it's those days of being with each other and getting to know each other, bonding. Uh, and then obviously you get this big event at the end and then all of a sudden it just ends, and there's like no, you know, no way to fade that out. It just stops. Hmm. You know, you're like, okay, we've gotten to this great big event. Now what happens? Yeah. And you know, for me, like the Super Bowl, just I've seen it on TV, obviously, but like there's nothing like the experience of being there, and and almost more so, like the experience of being with your team. You know, seeing like the taking it in, or Will, and like. I love that piece because I get to see how much they're loving it, and that almost like energizes me. Mm-hmm. So it was really just a really cool environment to be. I feel so fortunate to be able to do it, like my first Super Bowl, and I get to work with Ollie Wilson. Like that's crazy. We're doing commentary. <laughs> <but> it's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it can only go up. One way, I that's think. up. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's only gonna get better and better once they realize the uh, the charade that I'm doing inside the commentary booth. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But what it is, your thoughts? I mean, I, I'd like these guys are probably tired of me being like, Oh my God, it's so freaking cool. Like obviously the whole trip was just mega. Um, it's, it's genuinely a come down though. I have had, I think in the last week it's hit more of like a, especially with all the news that's been coming out. It's a stark reminder that we're further away from the season pretty much than we'll ever be. And obviously you just want games to come back. I want to see what Russell looks like in a Broncos jersey right now. And, there's so many like unknowns of, uh, you know, how involved you get to be obviously every single year. But it's um yeah, it was cool. I want to know what your uh like, what are the moments from just the week in general that like really pop out? as like, oh, my God, I didn't ever think that would happen or because you're basically the busiest person that I ever see when it comes to the <laughs> NFL, because you're always driving down to Sky or. Off doing a flag tournament. You've already told us that you bounce around like three cities in two days to do yeah. flag tournaments and stuff. So you're living up to the reputation.
4: Yeah. I mean, I don't get I don't I don't get starstruck or anything like that, but I think it's you know, being able to so a couple of things. For me, so I did my first ever interview, which like it, and I know Ollie's probably gonna tell me to be quiet because we spoke <laughs> about it a couple of times. Because just being straight, for me, doing an interview with someone almost it was like an in-person one right so and it was luckily with Ryan Leaf so we were friends anyways and that was great but I was super nervous about it because it changes the dynamic of your relationship so like Ryan and I knew each other because I was the coach on the show and you know he was obviously another expert on the show and so a learning like how to communicate with him in that different context yes it is just a conversation which is something that always taught me really well but it still changes that dynamic and I think part of it for me was figuring out how do I still be true to myself and how I want to be perceived by others be perceived by you know players and and coaches but do the best I possibly can for talk sport who we were out there with um so for me that was like a major growing moment and and it's really nice to feel out of my comfort zone because you know, Ollie and I can chat, like, football, we can do that stuff all the time, and that's great, but, like, to be, feel like I'm really being pushed, and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you get those, like, your body goes, like, all fuzzy, and you get all warm, and you think, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? That was pretty cool to be able to experience that and feel that, but, I mean, being at Radio Row, like, just seeing really awesome people and having genuine conversation, like, I think that's one of the really cool things about radio or podcasts, is you're just, sitting down chatting to people Mm -hmm. and like watching people open up is so nice because they don't have to do that like you could go in there and have it be I'm only going to give interview answers in terms of what they're responding but it's nice when they they actually put a bit of themselves in there put a bit of flavor into what they're saying and, and caring about what the conversation is so yeah that radio row piece was pretty cool I mean just seeing LA Warm weather was a bonus. <laughs> can't lie. Yeah, what's yeah. that? I can't remember. I that. know. Although I hear it's really nice in the UK right now.
1: Uh, that's all right. <laughs> it's
4: sunny.
1: It's not. It's not LA. Thirty degrees. It's not going to brag sunny. about it. It's okay. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's going to just be raining
0: all day tomorrow as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe. I think we've
3: doing this podcast. You know, all these obviously our contact to link to the NFL world. And he's brought on some, some great guests and stuff. And, um, you kind include of him, course. yeah, of course. She's on the, the, the show now guys.
1: We don't have to pander. To you the have to,
4: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll pay you later.
1: <laughs> we'll see
3: how good she is. Yeah, she's yeah exactly. Stuff. Uh, no, but we've had, you know, so we had some great people on and we had, um, fairly early, I would say, uh, we had James Devlin on, um, played for the Patriots, won multiple Super Bowls uh, yeah, with them. And uh, me and Jazz were like, I felt like nervous about that. And that was over this, you know, all of our podcasts. We've done a couple in person, but, you know, we live, I live far away from these guys anyway. And um, it's just easier to do it on Zoom. Yeah. But it just gives me an insight, just how much respect I've got for you guys, you know, in the industry doing, especially one-on-one. Like if it's mm-hmm. three of us asking one player, one ex-player questions... Yeah. You know you can kind of jump in at different times but when you're just one-on-one just focusing on each other live in person i can imagine that being quite a lot so all yeah. respect to you guys for handling
1: it what well, i want to know phoebes did you get when you're talking to ryan we all know what happened when i spoke to jc jackson <laughs> at the pro bowl for instance where um, have i not told you guys this one
0: no that, that's a um, uh, that's a new story for us um, is, so.
1: <laughs> so jc jackson is is walking down near the kind of we're on uh behind some railings on the side of the pro bowl training field and we've got microphones set up we're kind of good to go if there's anybody close by and we can get them over and uh i'm like oh, mr jackson can you come and do a chat with the the english you know talk sport guys he's like yeah. Okay. You know, none of them really want to do it, but they understand that they're okay with doing it. So he's like, comes over Good and whatever. stuff. And this is the first morning of the first day of pro bowl training that we get to go to and all this kind of stuff. And I go delighted to say, joining me here uh, on the, uh, on the training pitch of the pro bowl is CJ Jackson. And he just goes, JC. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> 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 because you just get suddenly, you're not expecting an interview. You don't know who it's going to be at any point, And you're saying like, Oh, god like bam 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 i need to sing on my feet what do i want to ask him what do i want to know and i don't know i think cj sounds better than jc in my head as well and I, no not to his name but that's <laughs> what... just renamed him uh, yeah and so i, I was... like your name i'm gonna call you this so like i know for instance <laughs> Did he like... instantly walk
0: off no, I no instantly he... walk off he's like oh <laughs> you don't
1: even know my name see you later he was he was kind enough to stick around and do the interview, and I apologised, and I was like, oh, jet lag. You know, I I've, mean, I've been in the US for like a week at that point already. But um, <laughs> I don't know why Jazz oh, is laughing Ollie. so hard. But, um, but for instance, there are moments, especially when you're interviewing anybody at that level, like it's not that often that it even happens to anybody that's a journalist, let alone, you know, somebody like myself. Did you, with Ryan, get any of those... Moments where you kind of thought of a really good question that you wanted to ask him, and then his answer went somewhere else. And then you're like, "Oh, do I go with the question? Or do I do that?" And then you kind of get that fuzzy brain muzz melt moment of like, uh, "Uh, yeah, okay, or something like that, right?"
4: <laughs> like the gremlins when they get water on them, like, "Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> just like that."
4: <laughs> just like that. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm so fortunate that Ryan was. I definitely told him I was like, "Look, this is my first interview ever, so." Pressure you know, That's on, a good but
0: tactic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's exactly. a good talker as well, in fairness to him. So, I mean, you can let, you can probably just ask a simple question. And he can just take you on a tangent and keep going.
4: Precisely. And it's, you know, I think it was, it's easy because it was at an event that he was super passionate about. His family was there, his son and wife were there. Um, You know, so I had like, and, and again, that's part of like, figuring out what my new identity role is. Like, what avenue am I going down? What am I trying to actually figure out? And really, for me, I would love it to be from a football perspective, or like the humanized perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, you get advice from all these different people, and you kind of just try and figure it out and pull together what you think is the most appropriate. But similar to what you said, all like in the moment, I I would just be like, (laughs) like, oh, and make sure you listen to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like he had bust podcast out. um, And I don't know if any of you guys have listened to it. But Uh, it's basically like his journey over I think it's like eight or ten different episodes they're like little 30 minute blasts and they're really easy and punchy to listen to but just so interesting to like learn about someone who's been through everything that he's been through but yeah Jazz you hit the nail on the head I mean he's he's such a professional he just he just knows when to start knows when to stop and I remember when we first did um, NFL overtime together now I had Dante Hall the week before so totally different personalities like Dante Hall is just energy really great to like you know communicate with back and forth and Ryan came in he's such a professional he does it for a living he gives you that answer and then it's on to the next thing so I remember even at first trying to like figure out how to like how to really pick up where he was leaving off and and figure out what our new relationship was like But I actually found that listening to his bus podcast gave me such a better understanding of why he is, how he is, like, you know, what makes him move, essentially. So it was pretty cool.
0: Were you tempted to do like a Sean Evans and Hot Ones and go through some really obscure (laughs) questions that no one would ever ask him that would be like, oh, wow, you really did your research?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to do research, Yeah. you know, so so like... uh, I think, you know, it was kind of a last minute thing in terms of the fact that I was interviewing him. I happened to just go to the event. Oh, right. um, okay. And so I wasn't really prepared in that sense, but at least, again, listening terrible, to the podcast.
1: Terrible. Unbelievable. Well, I was terrible. Unbelievable. Unprofessional. There's like, us that Ryan, shows up every week and does no preparation.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ryan, like Kurt Warner was quarterback. Like, I, And I'm telling you, these dudes, these, like everybody out there was just in some random, like, not great high school field just out there in the middle of nowhere it was the most random place ever but i mean what a great event the so, stars and stripes bowl i mean so as i want as like kenny and i walked in there was a dude with no legs so it's all about like wounded warriors and things like that okay. this dude with no legs literally racing and he was faster than i was oh, like wow. it was unbelievable and they all had their service dogs there and it was such a cool event i didn't even know it was a thing that's an annual event at these at at a super bowl
1: nice
2: Every well, you year. Go.
1: well
4: i know <laughs> a little
1: bit annoyed to be beaten by the guy with no legs right like
4: <laughs> i mean always
1: like the blades
4: He's, no he literally was on his arms
0: oh wow oh
4: yeah literally just had like his hips and it was on his arms running Oh, it wow. was wild i've never seen anything like it he did was so you quick.
3: ollie do you remember there was a guy in Berkhamsted who used to go to the pub and go back to ashes sometimes afterwards who didn't have any legs and he would just he would do that he would go uh across the ground and stuff. i don't remember that it's, at all Jeez. he was a great guy i can't remember his name but uh yeah freaked me out when i first met him
1: <laughs> yeah, i mean it, it's, it's, definitely, it. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely unusual isn't it like I d- okay. didn't yeah. expect it yeah
4: no not expected
1: <laughs> uh, lastly before we get into like talking bills and actual nfl stories and everything like that Phoebs, um, from this kind of post super bowl kind of thing how important and it, it was really interesting especially when you said there. you know you're not kind of sure almost which path now you're kind of like where you're going with everything because there's so many plates that you've been spinning and yeah. they all keep spinning really nicely it seems i mean it's kind of looks like it's going great from the outside but that struggle and the problems not problems but you know the interesting kind of uh way your mind changes over things because we were all at Talksport, we were like phoebe's gonna get us josh allen right we'll just be able to like send phoebe off <laughs> and she'll get us josh allen on radio rome boom and there was a really interesting point when you said i don't want to be that person that goes off chasing a Bills player or somebody that I have coached in the past because I want to maintain and I'd never like that coach player relationship and I'd never thought of that as being something that would even come in because I was just thinking we're all children at the Super Bowl (laughs) like we're childs and there's (laughs) amazing players you like you get whoever you want (laughs) and it's just like a really weird like paradigm that kind of crops up I guess in your head and then man and you're trying to manage that and do the media stuff as well like how how is it kind of juggling all of that and the thought processes you kind of go in that situation
4: yeah and i guess just for david and jazz to kind of set the scene on the on the josh thing like so we were in we were at our table and there's that like walkway essentially that kind of goes between the sets and everything and um josh just finished on another show and was going through the walkway now like to be fair, if he looked over, it would have been totally different, right? Mm. But he never actually looked our direction at all. So for me, I was like, all right, I'm definitely not gonna be able to, I'm not, I'm not gonna be someone that's gonna call his name, and be like, hey Josh. And <laughs> you know, that's just not how I'm built. Like, cause if it was my friend, like where I was tight, yeah, like I'll call mm. across the room. Yeah, but yeah. you know, and, and so for me, it was like really trying to manage that expectation because I can't, I've never been like a fan per se of the players like I never want to be that like because you're in there and you're having to tell them they do something wrong you're having to tell them they do something right and the second you you change that dynamic it's you can't pull it back and and I've kind of I guess experienced that throughout you know my my career essentially as a coach because I've had to be so much like at this level all the time that you can't let anything slip with any of the guys because they'll just not they won't take advantage, but you, you'll lose trust if you do anything like that. You just and and for me it was always, hey, like we have I wanna make sure that I'm not the last person, first and last person in this role. There has to be others that come behind me. And so I still kind of carry that mentality into I guess media essentially. Um, I think it's one thing if it's set up, but yeah, I I can't really bring myself to go shout across a room at somebody. <laughs> but it is, you know, I think it is It is tricky managing what who I am in the media world. And you know, I don't fully love the in-person interview, I'll be honest. It still makes me feel slightly uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, doesn't mean I can't work on it. But like the radio piece, the podcast, again, like I was saying earlier, and I've said to Ollie before, like I am athlete is one of my favorite podcasts. Now I think it's changing a little bit to what it was initially, but I love that. It's like a conversation where you're just chatting with people and they just happen to be filming it or recording it that for me is like the an ideal world of talking to all these guys and girls out there um but yeah so it is something I'll I'll probably still have to figure out and I mean it's kind of tough because you only have the NFL season to really work on it and by the time you're at the NFL season you're too deep in it to be adjusting you know making big adjustments so I rely on on guys like yourselves and you know Will and the million ollies at TalkSport who <laughs> I, I ask for feedback and, you know, they're pretty good about giving me feedback on, on what I've done wrong or what i what they like. And, you know, it's like anybody else in any of the jobs that you guys do, I'm sure you, you do the same thing. You have your 360 review, you do whatever that is. Um, but sometimes you do need to push a little bit more for people to give you feedback, especially like if I'm coming from an like an athlete perspective, I'm used to that feedback. So now I almost expect that in my work yeah, life. Yeah you know may not be correct
0: <laughs> but it's just the same as you said there but it's just getting the reps in I mean if you've done one mm-hmm. interview it's to be easier than second one will be easier than third one will be easier than, the more and more you get time under and the weight room of course the more time you get into a bar the better it all feels and the better it all kind of works so it's the same sort of thing with anything you do in life you've got to just try and keep holding it try your best and and kind of see what works for, for you
4: yeah I mean that was so Super Bowl was my third ever live game doing commentary for
0: oh wow okay big so one as well
4: yeah,
3: I know.
0: No
4: pressure. So,
0: you uh, know. Yeah, no pressure at all. Hey, Just <laughs> a uh, quick question. When are you going to get better at podcasting then? Uh, I'm trying, Dave. I show up oh. every week. <laughs> so rude. I'm not getting the feedback <laughs> you, I need from you guys. Well, you don't, so you don't maybe show up, that's up every week. I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you some notes. I'll well, give you some notes Please later. do, Dave. I look forward to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I do think with yourself as well though like there were part there were definitely interviews that i mean i wasn't around radio row necessarily as much as yourself because you were in on a lot of the interviews with will of course but there were definitely interviews that people came out and was like because you come from that different angle as being you were inside the curtain with buffalo you know you were behind behind the curtain everybody knew what it was like you you know how that operation runs so you can come from stuff with a completely different angle that the layman can come with. And that also means, I guess, for an interview, there's a there's a massive part of me that's that's very jealous of that because you will, as an ex-coach, definitely be considered somebody that's more trusted by athletes for an interview, I'd say. Yeah. So like when we've had um, you know, we were lucky with, you know, Shane Vereen came on. And we got drunk with him. That was the podcast. Like we sat down, we had some drinks and just chatted. It was lockdown. It's what you did, kind of thing. But even with um, you know, with 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 Devlin, who was great, but like there's always just a little bit of a easing in. You know, Brandon Copeland was was great and but again, it's like the first interview you do with him, you try to be playful and light with it all and not but whereas you you can probably play that role or, or ask different questions and phrase questions differently because of that that behind the curtain kind of view as well.
4: I think it is. And I've, I've found just being involved in football. I mean, it's just so much about who, you know, so even if you don't, even if you, if you're not behind the curtain, so to speak, if you can be like, Hey, I was chatting to Brandon Copeland last week or so-and-so and just finding what those key connectors are. And even that being like, Oh, I spoke to someone that, you know, that you're friends with, and you know, he was joking about this or whatever i think that sometimes also helps to break down those barriers a little bit just creating common grounds because Mm. at the end of the day you are trying to build trust with someone in a really short period of time and how can you do that as quickly as efficiently and as authentically as possible Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's damn it that's a way better way than i would have phrased it god
4: damn Shakespeare's coming for the
1: jobs left right
4: it's just building
0: rapport isn't it that's what it is building rapport as quick as you can Yeah. yeah
4: precisely Exactly,
0: (laughs) it is
1: tough though when you do get like,
0: yeah, yeah. Before we go on to like the proper NFL stuff from the last week, Phoebe, you're a big flag football player, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So, how much better would the Pro Bowl have been if it had been flag football? Because I was watching that and I was getting (laughs) sick and tired (laughs) of seeing it be a complete waste of time.
4: Literally, we were talking about that at the time because I mean, so our show only went like pregame with occasionally like speaking up during the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I was like, imagine how much better it would be if you had, like, seven-a-side football. You can still do it on a big field like that. You know, you could do seven-a-side football going on, which is showcasing the skills of speed, catching, throwing, all the stuff that people actually care about. Um, you know, apart from the tackling. <laughs> no offense no. to the
1: linemen anywhere, of course. How
4: to no. <laughs> <I laughs> build overlook.
1: rapport and relationships in the NFL. Yeah, yeah there Just we go. Just all
0: <laughs> defensive and offensive lines.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. every hard-hitting middle linebacker is very upset with you
3: right now. <laughs>
4: exactly but you know and then maybe have like the big guys doing their own sort of you know tug of war or or, like atlas stones or something you know fun like a highland Highland.
0: game something that would be great
4: basically basically so i mean but that would be so much better because this is by far the worst pro bowl that we ever watched you know i I mean it was barely one hand touch and it's more Mm -hmm. aggressive in, in practice and it just feels like because they make such a big and song and dance about it, you've got all these yeah. great athletes there. Like utilize them, and and if people are tuning into that, and that might be their first ever experience with football, why would anybody ever watch it again?
3: It's like yeah, watching yeah. a preseason game and thinking yeah. that that's the NFL. You no know, preseason
0: game is yeah. better than that.
4: Yeah,
3: probably because they're actually fighting for their jobs, so those <laughs> yeah. guys do care <laughs> about care. it. They care.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean like- the NBA All Star Game this year also. Actually, this year the one
1: last year was pretty nondescript as well now i remember watching it the nba all-star game has got a lot better the actual game yeah they've changed the format of it um to there's basically what happens is by the end of the fourth quarter they work out what the rough kind of final score should be and they basically say right fourth quarter doesn't necessarily have as a point on time and the clock it's about first team to get to 169 points and that Uh, creates a really weird level of competitiveness I mean the dogs are loving it. They which dog love is that the all-star game? They're like, yeah Is that the is that the Frenchie or is that the
4: Yeah, the little okay. Frenchie and then the um little like mini Labradoodle. So their names are <laughs> Izzy and Hugo. Oh, oh I love the names.
1: Uh, Wait, is cute. Izzy the Frenchie? Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well her name full name is Isabel, which seems French, so Izzy, but she's a little you know, she doesn't usually make noise, but between the two of them, they're a little terror group.
0: <laughs> just, just wants to get on the podcast. That's all it is. Yeah, the reason why I mentioned the NBA All Star Game is I remember watching that when <laughs> Michael Jordan had his last uh, his last appearance, and it was a really intense game. And that made me really want to watch some more basketball. If I watched the Pro Bowl this year, and that was my, I'd watched it all season. I thought, oh, I watched the All Star Game. I saw that. I was like, really? This is what this is?
4: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty pretty terrible. I mean, I think we were in there, and the crowd. We heard them maybe, well, so three times, right? We heard them when there was two tackles throughout the whole game, basically, where it was like yeah. accidentally someone fell to the floor. And at halftime, when they had the flag going on, it was a halftime or before the game when they had the flag going on. That was probably the loudest the crowd mm. had been the entire day. <laughs> oh, and when
1: Mac Jones did the gritty. Yes. And that was like yes. the biggest highlight from the Pro Bowl as well. A guy doing the gritty in the end zone after scoring a touchdown, which didn't count
4: yeah that, that sounds about right i mean that and then the Diggs brothers going against each other
1: yeah 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 that was quite good actually that's okay
4: but those are two moments we're talking two moments an entire three hours uh, of- i
1: mean I, I didn't i didn't watch it so
0: i, I mean i, I put it on just because i was bored and it was sunday and i wanted something to quench the american football hole that was missing in my life it didn't do it very well yeah what, what
1: doesn't sound like it the um could the nfl do something with and i'm speaking as a you know let's try and get flag football going a bit more could the nfl do a mixed competition of young flag players playing with some of those nfl stars and do it that way because then you'd have like a the community sense you'd draw some attention and create like some amazing moments for some of these young flag players and then you'd have a flag competition maybe there wouldn't be as much of a level of or as much of a possibility of, like, players getting injured or something, I don't know, like, because they'd still be doing it for, like, the young kids that'd be playing flag while also having, like, a semi-competitive game out of it.
4: Yeah, I mean, maybe if you made certain rules, I would just worry that it would end up being, like, a make-a-wish game. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? yeah. Where- yeah really nobody's doing anything yeah they're um,
3: like oh and diving in yeah, front of them and stuff exactly. and oh well done
1: buddy you scored a touchdown I quite content like
4: teams are loving it though
1: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah i quite yeah. like the idea of some like rude linebacker gladly taking the flag off some kid who's about to score a touchdown or something and doing a proper like because Mike Vrabel was doing that at practice to the kids that were dropping touchdown passes from the QBs he was giving a proper like no good and all this kind of <laughs> stuff and absolutely Brilliant. slamming them so there would be some I, I think that. there'd be some D players that'd be like I don't want some kid scoring on me like no way let's get that flag as quickly as possible I
0: think Vontas Burfecht does not play anymore so I think we're
1: safe yeah yeah okay yeah We don't. he's not playing sort of... flag football for anyone just
4: <laughs> no you don't invite him to Flag, <laughs> no but it could be like um i think i think it's a nice idea it could be like uh do you ever watch or hear of like the affl american flag football league i think it is um
1: it, never seen it is that the one that's okay, so, like vixen
4: yeah exactly so you could do something like that at least it'd be a bit more competitive uh you do have punting and kicking kickoff why, why, why is it punting because it's not actually with your foot. You, like, the quarterback, oh, oh, like okay. throw the furthest, you throw the football. Mm, right. And then as the punt or kickoff, you know, and then you still have to go pull their flags to tackle them. Uh, you know, they still have to return it and all of that. Uh, and then there's, like, some other different rules. There still is rushing so you would need, like, at least a couple of linemen involved. Um, you could probably tweak it to make it anything you wanted, but then it would be a bit more fun, a bit more competitive. Uh, you know, you, you still break it down into like you get three attempts and then you punt it uh, maybe something like that. I mean but that's what I, I punting's
1: to punting's gonna be that in the NFL anyway at this rate, the way they're trying to change everything and yeah. they want to remove kickoffs and all that kind of stuff and get rid of well, the Stafford kick. did that at the Super Bowl, didn't he in fairness? That's picky through to the back of the end zone looking for Van Jefferson.
0: Yeah when he rolled it was out, effectively too. just a punt. It was either yeah. I'm either throwing this up there and he catches it, or it's a touchback. So same thing as a punt. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: I mean, I I don't know about the taking kickoff away, and I get it because of the physicality of it, but I'm not being funny. Like, that is one of the... Like, if you're looking for something, A, if it's your first play of the game, you want to be that kickoff team. That is like what gets your heart going. Mm -hmm. That is like your first big breath. Like, okay, we're playing now. I can breathe. This is cool. And that is just like... If you're looking for to hype someone up, if you get a big hit on kickoff, like yeah, that's major. I think so.
3: It's so iconic as well seeing all the players lined up, you know, to the side and then chasing down to the ball. It's if you break a return,
0: it's electrifying. Yeah. I mean, we were saying this last week about playing and and physicality and the level of intensity the games have. That if you decide to be a professional athlete in a sport, you know what that sport is before you start trying to play it because well, you have to be a kid. Or a teenager when you start playing these games, usually. So you know what the physicality involves because you've watched it on TV. You then play it and you understand, well, that hurts if I get hit really hard, so I'll try and avoid that. Or if I like hitting people, it hurts less if I hit them. So the idea of taking away the physicality and that intensity from something just seems like it's boiling it down to its simplest form in the wrong way. Because the reason why we like sports, especially like a little boxing, for example, that's brutal. No one's trying to make boxing safer. It's just that's how it is. That's what the sport is. It comes with the risks. So I think it's a really reductionist policy by trying to take away an essence of what makes the sport itself. I mean, if it was, if you touch the physicality away from it completely, they never would have brought helmets in. You just to have the leather caps, people with broken faces, and they would have just realize, well, if we just don't get our faces broken, we'll just be a bit more gentle with it all. But going to where they are now and taking away from them just seems like a, a really bad move in the wrong direction.
4: Yeah, I agree completely. It's
3: a tr- tricky one.
0: It is, and I'm all for player safety. I'm not here to say we should be causing people head injuries, but if you know what you're going to go and do, you don't sign up to it if you think the risk isn't worth taking. That's my point.
4: But it's not like you have a free. It's not like you have a free shot, right? You almost completely. have a bigger free shot on punt if we're mm. saying that, because you've got your gunners who are yeah. literally speeding downfield, right? Mm. So. Yeah kickoff at least you have a sea of people you have to maneuver with that can slow you down yeah. whereas punt perhaps not and it, i mean if you're if you're someone looking to tackle a returner like punt or kickoff you're usually going low and across. you're not and you're just taking your yeah. legs out you're not necessarily like blowing them up it's, it's really hard to make an open field tackle within someone's chest frame
3: yeah mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's much more dangerous being a slot receiver and just passing the ball, catching the ball over the middle and having yeah. a... Pure tight end and having a... Having a strong safety. Ray Lewis right turn, there yeah. just bang. Yeah, well, yes. you are stationary. Yeah. You literally just catch the ball and wait for someone to murder you. That's, yeah, that's a little green
4: play. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes.
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, the hospital pass, swing pass, the running back on the outside. And there's a corner waits in the flat, just waiting for it. Like yeah, the Reggie how, Bush. How yeah. you doing,
1: Reggie Bush? Yeah, Lino <laughs> yeah. Shepard lighting you up.
0: Like. <laughs> but that's but that's a play that everyone still talks about because it's such a great play to watch. So it, it's the brutality part of it that makes it such a great play. So yeah, it's a shame that they try and
1: well, can you imagine take the essence the, away? The anti-climate. Look, One of my the probably the best Super Bowl memory outside of the Eagles winning it. Is Devin Hester taking the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. I just think that you can't beat the start to a Super Bowl like that. It's only ever happened once. He was the ultimate kick returner and pump returner. Everybody was like, God, can you imagine if he takes it back? And then he did. And it was just, I've never seen a pub when we were watching it go that crazy over a sporting event. We would, like, people were chucking beers everywhere. And, oh, my God, he freaking did it. And you imagine the anti-climax of starting a Super Bowl with well, I guess Mahomes is coming out here at the 25. No kickoff, of course, this evening. And like all the cinematic shots that NFL films would lose of that all low camera angle, all the, the flashes. Yeah, everything like that. That, mm. Yeah, that's so good. And if you take that away, it's criminal, absolutely criminal. And you couldn't just have like super, a kickoff in the Super Bowl only. Like, cause then people, no, that'd be you, stupid. Yeah, they... Who's going to be your kicker? Because yeah. you're not going to have a roster spot for someone.
0: Oh, of course you still be kicking to the. Get that, well,
1: and nobody, and but nobody would ignore be. me. I'm being stupid.
0: They do other stuff. Josh. Yeah, I forgot they also <laughs> kick field goals, don't they? Shocking.
4: <laughs> but you also take away for a lot of players. You're know, part of the requirements for them to even make it onto the team is they have to play on all special teams. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what happens if you take away kickoff? Okay, so you have to be on field goal, field goal block, and punt or punt return. I mean, you're missing someone that might be someone's specialty that might be how someone makes it onto the starting squad if you take that away from them because all right I might not see you in a live game I only see you in practice which they do not tackle from the end of the from whatever the last game is through until their first preseason game there's no live tackling to the ground so now the only time I'm going to see you actually go live is on kickoff really or you know, if you're on punt, but you're not necessarily going to be down there to make the tackle. I don't know. I just think it really changes the dynamic. And what do those coaches do? You've got an entire less, you know, imagine how much like you're looking at time. Yes, I know it's punting as well, but like, okay, the wind, the facilities, the, how does the kicker line up? What hash are they on? Which way are they turning their hips? You're now taking away a whole segment of the game. That's Mm -hmm. that people are experts at coaching.
1: And also field position is such a big part of the game anyway. And field position is decided by, you know, some incredible, again, returners or great punters, et cetera. Like it's, yeah, it just, uh, it it can't, it shouldn't happen. Hopefully it's not going to happen. Yeah. Can I,
3: can I segue in? We're talking about like potential rule changes. Um, What do you think of the overtime rule after what happened with the Bills? Do you, are you ready to talk about that yet, Phoebe? Or because they they I was I was listening to the around the NFL podcast. And I think Brandon Bean was the um I think he's suggesting that they do uh, a timed uh limit for overtime where they play 10 minutes or whatever, and that's it. Um yeah. and you have to it's not down to whoever gets the ball last, um, and a shootout game like that it doesn't seem fair. I mean, how do you feel about it as a fan, as a coach? What do you reckon?
4: Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's a bad go at it. Right. That's almost like what football does when they yeah. go into overtime. Mm, so yeah. it makes sense. It's been tried and tested. It adds a whole new like schematically what you're going to do, you know, and, and that's pretty cool. Um, it was, you know, it, it's so heartbreaking and I know everyone's heard it time and time again, and we've seen it before the chiefs have gone through it before, but, Just knowing that, like, you could have, like, Josh Allen on the Bills pretty much won the game twice within the game before getting to overtime. And for someone who's on fire like that in that specific game to then not even be able to touch the ball and fight for their team, Mm -hmm. that part doesn't feel fair. At the end of the day, sports has to be about fairness. And I think in order for, you know, whether it's timed or, you know, each offense gets an opportunity to try and score – there has to be that level of fairness where, you know, what happens for one team applies to the other team. Um, So for me, you know, it was amazing. Like that's not to take away first off what the chiefs did to even get to that point. Mm -hmm. I think no one will ever forget that. And I think part of that was actually, you know, poor decisions made by Buffalo and their special teams coaches at the time. Um, But I just think overtime rules, like, how do you, how are you, how are we going to say in the 21st century that, you know, if it's a heads or tails on a coin, that's going to decide essentially who wins the game. Because there's stats on that as well. You know, I don't remember off the top of my head what it is, but you know, it's something obscene. Over 50% of the yeah. time, if yeah. you win the coin toss, you're gonna to win the overtime. I mean, we can't look at that and say, oh yeah, that's totally fair for everyone.
3: <laughs> well that's it, because it's a team game, but I mean both defenses, unless the the defense that goes on the pitch first scores a pick six. Both defenses are going to get a chance, aren't they, in that yeah. game? But only one offense can get a chance, you know, in the situation that happened with the Bills. Um, yeah, it does seem a bit silly if they had oh, a time. Well, sorry, limit... Wait, can you
1: clarify? I don't that? get that, Dave. Try had that again. Two, two defenses, but only one offense. What? If uh, they got a
4: pick six, he said. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that, I mean, made... that,
3: that would be that the other team winning. So that's no, that made defense. that made sense in in my head. No, I mean if you. Um, if you have like, right, so the defense makes a stop, yeah. Okay, then the other team, the other team, the, the, right? so yeah. so the other offense comes on the field, right? So that's two The other offense and defense go on. So there's two. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's yeah. You said one offense and two defenses. Yeah,
3: yeah, but if the defense just does its job, then the other offense, the other defense gets to come on and play as well. So I'm saying that both defenses kind of get a shot at overtime. Whether it's like if the offense just go down, the first offense that's on goes down and scores then the other offense doesn't get a chance to play.
0: I mean, I get what you're saying, but yeah. right. uh, yeah. so I said it in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. If the offense <laughs> does really their job,
1: way. the other offense doesn't get a go. If the defense yeah. does their job, then both the other defenses, defenses get a go. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 I'll yeah. just let yeah. you just uh, yeah. translate. That, that
3: was me. a terrible explanation. <laughs> but I'm glad think, we got to the I end I think of because it. I threw in the pick six part as well. I'll my notes
0: for you this week, Dave. We'll get down. Think of your analogies better, and then then say so in your head, and then say it out loud. It's hard. It's hard.
3: Um so yeah but if you had the if you had the um if they brought in the time limit I just think it would add such a level of drama to it as well that it wouldn't even be a negative for the NFL I feel like they would get they would get a better product like it, it's not like they would lose out on it I feel like it would have even more drama you know
0: the issue then becomes what's how long do they have for a time limit because yeah, 10 minutes it. of course is the current overtime time limit and the players don't like playing that long extra which I completely understand because if mm-hmm. you have say four more drives. That's four more lots of blocking and hits and everything else and wear and tear on the body. Yeah. If you make it five minutes, what will happen is the team who has it will just run the ball, run the clock down, yeah. and just make it basically become a tie, and they don't want ties. So it almost has to be somewhere yeah. in the middle of my head, like a seven and a half minutes. It's almost like half a quarter. But then is that enough time? Is that going to be in that Bills-Chiefs game? If you gave them 10 minutes, score's probably going to be 85-80 or
1: something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they're still playing because you can't, yeah, still be playing. that can't be a tie. So if we are playing, They should a do tie, the tennis thing, it it. shouldn't they? Two clear scores. That's what they should do. But well, like, uh, there's the never gonna be the, two clear end... scores in that game because they were just no, going back and forth and back and you, forth. I mean we're just we're just going the be the able Then, then I mean, We do consecutive to...
0: sack races on Sundays. Maybe you make the Pro Bowl <laughs>
1: by more exciting by having the AFC championship game last a week and it bleeds into the Pro Bowl and we just finish we play the we play the last So Pro, Pro Bowl is the ending of, of the championship uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> game Just rock, paper, scissor it at the end on the halfway line. I think I actually think, and this isn't my cause Phoebe, I'm sure they're going to be really enjoy informing you that I've had a very anti Josh Allen kind of stance I up until that, yeah. up until the playoffs this year. Uh,
0: have... No, still carries on. Let's just yeah. get that straight. Is that was in one? my
3: notes literally i've got notes here phoebe just so you know i, that I do prepare for these things and <laughs> you wouldn't uh... have guessed because of
0: how he talks but yeah. he has notes yeah, yeah.
3: i would
4: i would have gone and gotten josh or you could have told him then if you told me that i would have been fine with it <laughs> that
1: would have been so hey, josh fun. you're trash so josh i've been out on you for a number of years since you came to the nfl it turns like out you're quite good i was vindicated actually by the fact that you couldn't get the job done in that cheesecake oh <laughs> No, you're going to get a man who's much bigger than you. you the By the way, if anybody uh, hasn't subscribed to Josh Potter's Patreon and watched his live show of him watching the game for a stand-up comedy show when he's like, I'm not going to do comedy. We're going to put the fourth quarter on of this game because I'm not missing this. And he's such a big Bills fan. And it's so funny until you get to the last 13 seconds of that fourth quarter because you know what's happening. And he starts just giving the Chiefs a little bit of, chip and you're like no don't do this you're on stage oh, you filming this don't do it <laughs> but um but you said you said phoebes in that <laughs> kind of chat about it and and people have said that it's not fair but it was fair wasn't it because the bills made mistakes and they were punished in the end for their mistakes even though those mistakes were in the last 13 seconds like the the bills deserve to lose if you can't close out a 13 second game
4: yeah, and and like I said, like if you just
1: or it's not I, unfair. At least maybe deserve to lose is mean, but deserves just, to lose is harsh. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. That
1: Josh and, Allen, uh, <laughs> I sorry, yeah, I already
4: <laughs> oh,
1: just bringing it back. Sorry, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs>
4: you set it up. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. Right, so again, with the why not squid kick it first off. Take mm. some time yep. off of the clock. Yeah, slow slow it down a little bit um and then when it came to defense just some kind of funny defensive calls like why give so much space I understand they're in that like fence defense trying to not let anyone out of bounds but my goodness at that point like realize the situation realize who's kind of at the helm there as well Mm -hmm. um and I, I just think it was just so unfortunate to even have to get to that point that's not to say that both teams had made mistakes throughout the game and And a lot of times when you get to these closer games or these like championship games, and we've said it throughout, you know, just on talk sport, it's about who's going to make the fewer mistakes Mm -hmm. and that those mistakes aren't just about the players. Those mistakes apply to the coaching staff, which is why it's so important that you do practice these situations because to me, the players did now, there were some terrible tackles, but the players did everything that they could in that situation because they were following the calls that had been, you know, plays that had been called in for them on defense. Yeah. So they're not gonna check out of that. They're not gonna they're not gonna go against it. Um, so I I just think it it shows that there's still holes in any defense and mm. in any not any defense, in any play callers repertoire. Um and we had never seen that before either. So now I imagine oh 30 teams now will be practicing with 13 seconds left on the clock. You know, this is a brand new situation that at least I, I don't know of in NFL history. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, I mean no, also everyone. that that play with Tra- by Travis Kelsey, where he found that space. He, he's even come out and said, that wasn't where I was supposed to be. I just said, okay, they're doing this. If I see this again, I'm going up the middle. I'll be open, just throw it. And that's what he yeah. did. And that's obviously the game that really got them the, the yardage they were required but with like also y-
1: you look at you know when it happened to the chiefs because it did happen to the chiefs with the with the pats and everything and 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 the mistake was that you allowed the in the same way not to rub it in on dave but like atlanta's oh, mistake in the super bowl was <laughs> you allowed brady the opportunity to get into a game like that because you watched him just surgically decimate the chiefs in that overtime period it was just and and the bills must have known that we can't allow Mahomes to get on the ball because this is a game where both of these offenses are just taking it down the field and scoring all the time. So there is an element of leaving it up to the fates with the coin toss. But in the same way, a season isn't a failure because of that last game. For instance, you look at the Colts against the Jags. You know there were other times in the season where they could have finished games off. So you can look at that game and say, "Yeah, you should have won that." But there are other games that you could have won as well. And a, a, a game of four quarters isn't lost on the final drive. It's maybe lost on a drive earlier before that, unless you've been completely perfect for the whole for the whole game. So, uh, I just I,
3: think it's so rough that Josh Allen can have basically a perfect game and lose. It's just so there's just so few examples. The rule, of that. There's the
1: rules, buddy. I and know. The, and the Bengals it's went and so showed harsh. that you can shut down Mahomes in overtime and and get the job done well, most of the second half actually yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like but that was the other th- i mean the nfl must have been so grateful for that overtime period of no look see they don't always get it look the bengals shut them down like it's fine it's all good <laughs> Saved their bacon of that conversation i think going deeper than it already has done into the office or just
0: made what dave's point was trying to make earlier the defense did its job yeah. yeah so fundamentally you have to remember that there's 11 players trying to stop the other 11 so it's all well and good if a perfect defense plays the offense can't win because if everyone's covered and everything's stopped and the rush gets there, there's no offensive plays. If the defence breaks down at any point, the offence has got an opportunity. And they're just, the Chiefs, unfortunately, are very good at capitalising on those opportunities. And they're just very good as well.
1: There is that, yes. And that's why <laughs> they're good at capitalising upon those things. Phoebs, what, the, what are the Bills losing and what are the Giants getting with the acquisition of Brian Double?
4: You know, I think what'll be really interesting and um, one of the things that I think is really key coming out of um, Dave's stable leaving is that actually the quarterback coach is still remaining because him and Josh have had such a great relationship over the past couple years. You know, at first, I think when, when um, Dable came in, it was, it was a big learning curve for him as well. And Josh was a rookie uh, and I think that they grew so much together. There were definitely some big learning curves, right? We used to have majorly extensive play call, like risks, you know, risk coaches, like with all the plays on it, it there was just too many. Um, but, you know, through the help of coach McDermott and, and Dable and, and Josh all talking, they were able to like reduce that. And that's just one of the, the learnings that I think is going to be, it's going to be key for Dable now going to be in, in new york and, and having a, another young quarterback um but i think they'll miss you know josh has had the same offensive playbook a lot of those guys have had the same offensive playbook now for four or five years so you get a new offensive coordinator in you've got um you know you have a new playbook no matter what because everybody has their idea of what the perfect offense should be and what you mm-hmm. want to do and if it doesn't matter if you've use someone else's ideally if you're a coach or if you're a coordinator it's about what your philosophy is and you know that's going to come to the table so I think what'll be really interesting to see is how how Josh and the rest of the guys take to this new playbook um you know that could go either way it could be great for them and they could really understand it um because naturally you're going to have plays that you love you know Josh has his plays that he loves when he feels like okay let's go for this like he's going to go to whatever he's comfortable with and if that's not in the playbook I'd imagine they would put that in the playbook being honest because
2: Mm -hmm.
4: it's a go-to for him but Mm -hmm. um, that part will be really really interesting you know they've also lost uh, you know D-line coaches over there in Buffalo there's been a lot of movement Um, one of the offensive assistants uh, Shea Tierney he is he's been Dable's right-hand man for years since they were like, since he was at the Eagles he's, and then he went to Alabama with him and he did a really great job of putting in the extra time with the players, you know, with the, with the quarterback specifically. So it's, it's more than, it's more than just getting a new playbook. It's about having to learn how to work with new people, how, how those new coaches are going to learn how the players learn you pretty much have to start completely fresh. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting. I'm excited for also, you know, Dable and the crew over at the Giants now too. You know, they picked up um, one of my good friends, John Igarugu, who was the linebackers coach, was isn't linebackers when I was in Buffalo. Then he went to Vanderbilt and now he's gone to be at the Giants and as the linebackers coach. So um, I'm going to see him this weekend. Cause I'm like, yes, you're in New York. That means I can actually see all you people. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, and it's cool also for me to see that Coach Daves is bringing on a girl, Angela Baker, who's uh, I've known for, gosh, like years now. And this will be her first NFL experience and that he's still wanting to bring on more females into the role. Lori Young, who's doing, you know, player personnel. There's just so many really exciting things going on. Um, Did you get a phone call? I was speaking to him about going out there, but, it's you know, that's part of my identity crisis right now Mm -hmm. is like. What do I want
1: to do? I would definitely <laughs> sack off too many Thornton's options, guy, maybe. and be like, Oh, I'll you go do coach coaching the Giants. again. It's probably
0: yeah. even better on your CV, and then you get, yeah, all the gigs you want.
4: I know, right? If I if i go coach again, that means I can't do anything else. It is literally just coaching, and yeah, I in... can keep you
1: in store still for the Super Bowl. That's fine. We will just have you as our playoff expert because the Giants ain't getting anywhere near the playoff. Don't worry <laughs> <I know laughs> about that. Oh. I knew
4: you <laughs> were waiting for it. <laughs> it would be very impressive. <laughs> it would be very impressive <laughs> if they got to the Super Bowl this
1: year. Yeah, and After also last. if you if they do, or they go deep in the playoffs or anything, that we have an insider on the inside that we can be like, yo, Shaker, what's going on? Uh-huh. Give us the tidbits and all of that stuff. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah.
4: I'll keep it in mind whenever I have my next interview <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean all, all I was hearing from the Bill's side of that was uh, Josh Allen's going to be regressing a lot this year and then a load of excuses about like new playbooks oh, and having boy. to learn a new mm-hmm. system and all this kind of stuff Here we like, go again. I don't know exactly just prepare what does he need games. to do Ollie what does he need to do for you look I came out straight after the they need to throw 6,000 yards after this the season. playoff games I said like you've just seen somebody play uh, incredible lights out football I gave him the respect for his playoff performances I thought he was awesome. Um and you know he lived up to a big moment but I, that was something that I necessarily hadn't seen that often in his career and and I and I still kind of went back to the game against the Falcons late in last season where you know there'd been all the talk of Josh Allen is Josh Allen then he turns up against the Falcons and looks like Josh Allen against the Texans again in that first year mm-hmm. as in the playoffs. So there was all, there's still all, I think it's acceptable to always worry that maybe those ghosts are still kind of in a closet back in the back of the head somewhere and they might reoccur in a big moment. I just don't we didn't see it in the playoffs this year and I think that I think that's huge for him. Yeah. Um, speaking of somebody that obviously has worked heavily, you know, closely with Josh and uh, and knows him <laughs> intimately, I I think that's really big for him mentally of, you know, having pretty much a perfect playoffs and and
3: that he's got your some some of your approval as well because i'm sure that's a big driver for him is to
1: trying, and he does... get oliver got manifestation he's... board get oliver wilson to like I, I think it was just the respite he got from the burner accounts that i've been sending him abuse on from twitter <laughs> <laughs> i think that was a big deal for him to be quiet. Yeah, yeah yeah they oh. went quiet for i gave him i gave him a little bit of love then. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs>
2: what do you like <laughs> I just... phoebe what
3: um can I can I ask you about the draft? <laughs> have you got any um, have you got any needs for the Bills? I mean, they're they're a pretty stacked team. If you were gonna look, I mean, the AFC itself is stacked anyway. But you know, they're probably right at the top of that list in terms of quality. Have you what what do you want? <laughs> what what would you want in an ideal world?
4: Um, I mean, so part of it is also seeing who they're re-signing mm-hmm. right now and, and who they're letting go. They've let go of a couple of linemen. Yeah, they let
3: let go of an offensive lineman, didn't they, this week? Yeah. This week. Yeah.
4: yeah. So, you know, it be interesting to see if they're picking someone up there. Um, I think I think they're feeling better about like their receiver core, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to the year before. Tight ends, I'd imagine they're looking at too. Really, you've got Dawson Knox and there's
0: not much else afterwards yeah
4: but yeah, he, is, a, I mean, he is very good massively yeah, but Lennox, yeah. he's yeah and he, he is and he's a smart player and but you don't want to just rely on one guy and you need to have again depending on what the new scheme is we'll also talk a lot about what kind of players they need you know are they going to have more of that kind of y body blocking tight end mm-hmm. do you want more of the f who is kind of like dawson who can release and catch passes downfield um you know so evaluating what what that looks like for him um you know i think they've been pretty good on on d-line they've got some dogs like ed oliver they've just re-signed him to a big deal and and he is a dog like he's got that kind of you know he's been he's young and he's got confidence but he's kind of got that like aaron donald mentality at times um mm-hmm. they might be looking for another D end at some point. I mean, Jerry Hughes eventually is gonna retire at some point. I don't know <laughs> when that's gonna be, but yeah, um right. yeah, again they've let go of another uh, linebacker, AJ Klein. Uh and, and is then
0: F.A. is still there.
4: He's not. No, he's he's a free agent right now. So they've got okay. a, a couple guys who are in free mm-hmm. agency. So FA Christian Wade, although he was injured last season, so I really, really him,
1: I really but, want to see him. I really want to see him on NFL field as well. Open field, like kickoff returns, yeah. pump returns, is just screaming out for him. But
4: yeah, it's hard because there's so many good guys, right? Like, yeah. and that's what's so crazy about the NFL. Like, you, he may be on a roster, but he might be, let's say, fifth at at returner, mm-hmm. and then at at running back, he's probably like sixth or seventh. But that's not that's not based off of his knowledge because he is the hardest worker, he knows the playbook in and out, but it's when you get out of that air conditioned room and you're onto the football field and things are happening at elite speed, Mm -hmm. you know, against guys who've been playing for ages. So for him, I think his, what he's been working on so hard is recognizing like when he has to stay in for protection, you know, recognizing like the blitz pickup, that's a massive part of, of his role as a running back. And if you've not, had years of like seeing that it's really hard to recognize and these defenses are so good at disguising um so yeah I think if he could if he could keep improving that then then it'd be interesting to see what he does but I don't don't know what he's doing right now because I I saw who was talking the other day about how he doesn't want to he doesn't want to go back to rugby he doesn't want to you know quit the NFL dream um but it's really hard I think for a team to necessarily pick him up when he doesn't have any film essentially or he's just there as a practice squad guy which for him as a competitor like will never be it's not
0: good yeah i mean the thing for him like you're saying there is it's just you always talk about trying to make people think when they're on the field rather than react so if you haven't had like you said years of experience and seeing what happens and just being instinctively just switch a light bulb and go for it it does make it very difficult. Like you say, that elite speed level, if you're trying to pick up the blitz and your QB has got less than three seconds to throw it, well, you've got about less than half a second to react to where this blitz is coming from to try and have any hope of stopping it. If someone's coming at you with four, seven speed, it's not exactly a a simple task. So that's that's just what it comes down to, isn't it? Just making yourself unconsciously competent is the key.
4: Yeah, precisely. And I mean, you just even putting yourself in his position. Okay, so... I'm in the huddle. Like I'm on the field that wherever like energy is crazy. Yeah. The crowd is so loud. All right. I'm getting the, I'm getting the play. Okay. What's my formation. All right. I need to stand here. What's the actual play. Is it run or pass? What am I doing in this yeah. play? Okay. If I'm pass, and staying in. What is the protection? So that means I'm either going here or going here. Now, what does the defense go? And this is all within like six seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot to like really get at speed. Yeah. And then yeah, forget exactly. what if there's an alert? Like if you get, you know, you get like yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. so now it's a run alert pass. So what was the second part of that play? Or like it was run right versus alert run left, like, oh, now everything changes? Like <laughs> oh no they've
1: snapped it oh god i'm dead all right that's what it is not no i'm dead yeah, yeah. josh is dead, <laughs> yeah, josh is dead. Uh, and that was yeah. my why bad. did he run right yeah. i'm running left oh okay i <laughs> know oh, everyone hates me <laughs> <laughs> exactly. christian you'd be exactly. welcome on this podcast anytime you want <laughs> if that happens don't worry about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so what so where do you see the bills looking with the first first pick or two with this draft oh I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that I'm. I'm that knowledgeable on this draft class of like where the real standout heard, categories are at this. Point. I heard Ollie,
3: wide mm. receiver and edge rusher from Daniel Jeremiah. Listening on his yeah. podcast, that's the two big ones. Yeah. But after that, I don't know any names or anything. So we've got yeah. some
0: big boys that can move this year. Seeing some of the 300-plus pounders run oh four God. sevens. Is
1: it yeah. David Jones out of Georgia? that is yeah georgia's
4: defense has shown up at this draft class (laughs) yeah
1: 32 inch vertical at like 318 pounds oh that is insane that's monstrous
4: they're they're just freaks of nature it's unbelievable yeah i would be looking i mean for any team i'd be looking (laughs) at like the d-line in this class um what's really interesting i find is like and there's been some pretty class dbs in there but and, and i think we've talked about it before all like as we're getting further in life in these different years, like more receivers and DBs tend to be not a dime a dozen. That's not the fair thing of saying, but there are so many talented ones out there. Mm -hmm. And that for me, I think is because people are out there playing like seven aside football, which Mm -hmm. is literally just, you know, receiver versus DB all the time. It's just like pass Kelly all the time. And the speed at which these quarterbacks are making decisions The speed at which, you know, they're getting the ball out there. These receivers have been running these routes since they were, you know, five or whatever it is, something crazy. And there's so much more opportunity to play. Like, I think that has changed the way that the DBs receivers are looking in the, in these draft classes, you know, from now onwards, then it's only going to get better. And they're only Mm going to get wilder.
1: I mean we need to be careful because Shane Vereen last time he was on when I made a joke about yeah running backs are a dime a dozen he got very annoyed about that so we got to be careful about slagging off the skill positions but there is some I mean... extent though with that sorry isn't that
0: one there Phoebe do you reckon that's also because
1: DBs or well,
0: cornerbacks and receivers typically get paid very well so it might be a if you're more of an athlete think well let's not try and play safety let's try and make sure I'm a bit faster and just take a receiver on the side and if you Say so you're 6'4 and 230 pounds. You think, you
1: know what? I'll just slim down to 210 and I'll be a receiver rather than a tight end. Oh, but those hands, for instance, like how do you, there are some players that have got well, that's hands that you play, just can That's why they teach. play corner instead. Yeah, yeah, I guess if you can't catch, go play corner. But yeah. but even <laughs> then though, there's that's so much. That's what Trayvon Dix did, right? There's so much. He killed it. <laughs> with, yeah, I know. with the kind of battling with somebody in the air and having correct hand position and stuff there, it's more than just being a physical freak. Like that will get you places surely. But like, there is still an incredible amount of technique in these positions.
4: And there's so much, like, if you're talking about the difference between a corner and a safety, like the mentality alone, you know, you, you have to, at corner, you have to be able to line up and be like, I am better than anybody that's going to come line up against me. Mm -hmm. You know, and you need that kind of like cocky attitude. Yeah, swag exactly. Whereas at safety, like or kind of nickel or things like that, you can, you can be, you don't have to necessarily be in someone's face like that. You just have to be able to like control a defense, be able to play with vision, and um, I think there's, I think there's opportunity for players like like Trayvon Diggs to be able to switch like that. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's as common as as you think it would be because you're like, oh, you can't catch, just go to go to defense, but. Look at look at how important takeaways are for a oh, defense. Yeah.
2: Mm, I mean, the yeah. turnover
4: differential is is mad. So you're almost expected if you're on defense, it doesn't matter. Like you, you have to catch. You are doing catching drills every single time you are on that field. Um, so yeah, and I guess maybe some of it comes from like, where did these guys go to school? Because they might've had to play both ways throughout their entire high school career. Most do. Mm-hmm. And when you get to college, like if it's not, a d1 school you know some d2 d3 you have to play both ways so that could that could alter it too
0: I mean yeah. it's a bit of a trope in fairness we're, we're long gone from uh was it tatum with the raiders with the stickum on his hands as his, <laughs> his his kind of all the tape here mm-hmm. and you get the yeah. ball it wouldn't it would just stick to his hands and that was it
1: that was it yeah i mean the, glo- ago, the gloves still do that though because the gloves keep getting better and better without needing necessarily stick but yeah there's... but I mean,
0: he had it it was entire four. yeah
1: yeah yeah don't no, yeah yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> but the, just um...
4: finish a strong man. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, WD <laughs> forty to get rid of it. You know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think receivers are probably it's easier than it has been just because of the way the game keeps changing and the rules more than anything else. Like the amount of contact is is minimal. That's why shutdown corners are, I think, even more important. I probably push back a little bit on that kind of corners. Are there are plenty that can probably play it. I think somebody that can actually shut someone down under the the current rules that we have around what you're allowed to do and what you can't do uh, as a corner, I, I think that's definitely going to get tougher and tougher. For well,
3: us. seeing as the refs don't like calling offensive pass interference anymore, as <laughs> as per the Super Bowl, <laughs> I hated that by the way. That re- like nearly ruined the Super Bowl for me. I was so mad about it. We couldn't see. I it. liked it.
1: It was so. Tough you liked it. See. Yeah.
0: You liked it. I, it annoyed I me. I want the or? Bengals to win, so I liked it.
4: There were yeah. more Bengals fans than Rams fans there until, yeah, the, until there the fourth quarter, basically. The Bengals fans were on point.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then LA did its usual thing of, oh, the team's going to win. I've always loved that team. Always loved that team. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. They're the best. They were my favorite from the word go. You can see, like, you know, LA locals taking off that Bengals jersey. Oh, yeah, Brilliant. Rams all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trash. Oh, no. um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about a bit of QB's stuff quickly as well, because there's been. So much of that this week, and the biggest one, Carson Wentz going to the Commanders, unbelievable.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was the biggest news of the week, wasn't it?
1: You know, I I, I slated that to
0: start off with, but the more I'm thinking about it, they do have a decent running back in Tony Gibson. Defensive line is selling yourselves on. uh, Terry McLaurin is a fantastic wide receiver. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah,
3: he will be the best
1: receiver that Wentz has ever had. Mm, I don't know. Alshon Jeffrey in that Super Bowl season was incredible. Yeah, McLaren's better.
3: McLaren's definitely better. Than...
1: Yeah. yeah, and
0: Curtis Samuel is a very, very good number two. Mm. They've got a decent tight end in um, in Thomas. Defense isn't bad and has a lot of promise. Just has to live up to it. So he's still not got a bad situation. He's not been in a really bad spot yet, Carson Wentz, in terms of the team he's been on. He's not had like a Jared Goff he has gone to the Lions. He's Still landed on his feet. He's
3: going. He's going to a toilet division as well as we know. So uh, that's uh, that's. And hardcore. if you
0: went, so you want to go back and play in the link and and stick it up the uh, the Eagles. You know what? That God, will
1: that's be fun. Be so fun. Have you have all, you yeah. circled that on the calendar? Which I, weeks are they playing? That's going to be I brilliant. I want to. I'd really like to get out to that game because it'd be interesting to see how because get booed. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Obviously, but Cox is going <laughs> to. I don't. I don't think there's <laughs> there should be that much negativity around Wentz. I still don't. I don't hate Wentz. I'm just frustrated with Wentz because we had a year of greatness. Then he gets injured and we win the Super Bowl. That was amazing. Thank you very much, Nick Folds. You are God. Then we had the year after that, which was that all or nothing year, where Wentz did carry that team by every part of his body that was breaking all over the place until he couldn't play anymore in that playoff game. And Nate Suffield came in. But Wentz didn't play badly. It was a bad team around him. Mm-hmm. He, he missed a few back shoulders, which was something I was getting on him for at that season, everything like that. But you admired the heart, at least, and what he did to try, especially when we had, you know, Vince, um, not Vincent Jackson, uh, Deshaun Jackson getting injured that year. Alshon Jeffrey was out for that year as well. We didn't bring back Torrey Smith from the Super Bowl year. It, it was a real mess of a team. It was only that last year in Philadelphia where Wentz got frustratingly bad at times. But then at the Colts, as I said, he was, you know, under 10 interceptions on the season. Like he had wild plays that were problematic and he had bad games. And he also had games where he looked really good at times. And you're like, oh, Carson can do it. So Eagles fans, uh, it's never going to happen. As I say, (laughs) they'll turn on anybody in a heartbeat. But we shouldn't be too angry at Carson Wentz. He still was actually a pretty good player for the Eagles overall. It's
3: interesting that you would phase it that way. I don't think anyone was suggesting that you should be angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little angry. So so. I, don't, I, I think I don't it's mean, more like the, it's more the kind of, I don't know, intangibles or whatever, isn't it? With Carson Wentz, like there were rumors that the Eagles, that he wasn't a locker room guy. He didn't seem to have the support of a lot of the players. That's why they embraced um, Nick Foles hurts. so much when he came in. And, and oh, he, they yeah. like Hertz as well, because he seems like a hard worker um
1: but you have to be if you're that bad
4: i was waiting <laughs> to say something <laughs> oh season, come on, oh, ollie. Been hating on him.
1: Oh, ollie we don't want to get into <laughs> we that did, right we did we did a talk
4: sport yeah, show
1: girl. and phoebe, <laughs> whole phoebe turned up late my head uh, <laughs> <not leave>. <laughs> <laughs> and um and they asked me about Hertz on that that night and the producer uh, ollie thornton was like oh come on then we we touched this what do you think and i just went off on one for like Five ten minutes, like a whole segment of the show, we ignored red zone, and I was just slamming hurts. <laughs> Wasn't that the week that he threw like five picks, though? It was, I felt very vindicated, so it as it, well. yeah, and he had a good probably... reason to do so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> the
0: thing with Wentz at the Colts, though, he had a very good offensive line, he had Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, who was exploding, he had decent receivers around him, yeah, and he had a very good defense, but he still couldn't get it they couldn't beat Jacksonville to get in the playoffs,
3: yeah, like. I, I wow. think that it's so telling that they, you know, they signed him to this quite big contract and, um, you and know, Frank right. Reich obviously believed in him and the ownership believed in him, but they saw something behind the scenes that I don't think we saw. Cause it wasn't just the loss. Yeah, It was like some, I think that there's kind of more to the story. Like I think he really didn't gel with the locker room and they were just like, he's just not the guy. And it's like, well, if he's not a locker room guy, at the Eagles, he's not a locker room guy at the Colts. How's he gonna get on at Washington? Which are less talented team is a less talented team, although they do have talent, as you said, Jazz, but they're not a winning team, like they don't have a winning culture. Like Ron well, Rivera you know, is trying his well,
0: best there in fairness.
3: I know, but when was the last time they went like where well, they won a playoff game? I mean, they're not a franchise, they've been a franchise. They, they run Stern, the though. they
0: run the Bucks pretty hard two years ago. At the okay. end of the season with Heineke, yeah, yeah. That was a tough game for the Bucks.
3: Yeah, they didn't I, win. I think as well. I did I just, win.
0: No, I did. We're just saying that it's not like they
3: push
1: I'm just
0: him.
3: saying. I'm just saying
0: it's not going to get better for him.
3: Like I if think he, though, Wentz
1: doesn't. If need he to hasn't
3: be... proved himself already at two good teams, then he's not going to do well at the Commanders.
1: Wentz doesn't need to be a leader in commanders. that team though, because sounds weird. Isn't it? He he's not very good at being a a locker room leader guy anyway, and I think I've said on numerous occasions that it always felt like he was saying what he thinks would be the right Always thing been to, told say to say as a is, leader yeah yeah um but he doesn't need to be that because chase young is go- is the long-term leader of that defense without a doubt absolute beast and a very charismatic guy by all accounts scary terry is the do as i say not as i do kind of guy uh, sorry do as i do sorry not as i say as in he just goes and excels out on the field and people can take that and then you've got ron rivera who is a sp- Iconic coach who mm-hmm. just freaking everyone. beat cancer. Like you yeah. <laughs> don't need popular, anyone. Yeah. Wentz doesn't need to be an inspiration. He just needs to come in and be a do better, his job, better game the manager. Game yeah,
3: Get big yeah. old Bill with his yeah. hoodie, on. do your job. Is, yeah. The thing is, though, is that you know American football, for better or worse, the QB is the most important position by such a long way mm. that yeah. you, you can, you know, they could have a good season, win games, but. You know, the Colts just saw that they were like, well, we want to win a Super Bowl. So this guy's not going to win a Super Bowl. And you they're know, in a window. We're going yeah. to get rid of him.
1: And
0: the fact that they gave up draft capital so... to get him in the first place. But they,
1: they gave they up get... that
0: quickly.
3: Who do they yeah. think
1: is a better game manager for them going into this? Like, I know. We've already seen who... that, you know, yeah. Jimmy G had a great Niners team and wasn't able to get through the last hurdle. And it was because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the guy to finish things off. And I don't know. Jameis Winston, it's like that time in the Saints made everybody forget about who Jameis Winston is. Not only with his ability, but the kind of the attitude problems that there are around hanging over Jameis Winston still from college. Have you seen his
0: uh, his training videos, by the way? No, oh they look oh, weird. They're the stupidest thing He's I've like on um he's on like oh, a, one of those um, on the,
2: like half
0: yeah,
3: yeah, like, trying to the try the hit ball. his hand. <laughs> it's like what are you doing? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they look quite strange. I'd like to talk to like a strength and conditioning coach about some of those things and find out if they've got any I'm sure
0: like last year you had one where they on were like pushing a punching bag towards me and trying to evade it, but you could see it mm. coming because so it's really slow, so it doesn't <laughs> really work either. Yeah, but his He's eyes like his eyes aren't like, great, Jazz. Those, like, you know, he didn't... Boards where you kind of touch the, the lights. That's what he needs to do to try and improve his reaction speed. <laughs> He's got to have a
1: slow punch bag coming towards your face. Deadlifting giant crates of crab's legs. Lean into it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Get that sponsorship money. <laughs> yeah, just go big. Yeah. Like, you know what you did. Like, let's come on. Let's just do that. That'll that'll at least make fun of it. But yeah, what other <laughs> quarterbacks are out there to go and get? that will... well, well, I Watson? mean... He's oh,
0: still around really if, the, un- if the if the legal stuff gets sorted but that's a big if and then you've got to but try, and try to take the
4: that ones. on board no no but
0: there's supposed to be like a judgment or a decision on that sometime soon i think so that yeah. gives you a, an elite option if you wanted to try and take that and the circus that comes with it
1: but regard i was gonna say regardless of what happens with that judgment there is a court of public opinion that i can't imagine an organization the cults like- don't the cults feel like that do they to be that kind of an team? old
3: school owner like, I don't know, they've just had character guys there, haven't they? And Not
1: a big media market. I don't like, know. That doesn't be a feel lot right. Attention on a yeah. really bad situation. That's also
0: in division. So it's unlikely the Texans would trade the media for 10 mm-hmm. first round picks. Yeah, that's but true. But there's still other people. Maybe there's also the Colts know something we don't, that someone else is available that they're trying to make a deal for. Yeah. Maybe. So,
3: what about be. Russell Wilson then? What do you, what do you guys oh. make of that? What do you think, Phoebe, Russell Wilson? Do you Who won in that trade or did everybody
4: win? Man, you know what I hate about, like, all that is, is literally Pete Carroll was, like, t- the day before being like, no, we're going to yeah, keep yeah, him. Yeah. We're going to do this. You know. Lies. Like, well, lies. Yeah. It, it's all lies. It's all lies. I mean, I think it's exciting for, you know, we saw with Stafford, like, just sometimes you just need to be reinvigorated with a new environment, yeah. you, you know, new – players new coaching staff and and maybe it'll be the fresh start that he's looking for bring another Super Bowl home to to Denver um I'm keen to see what the Seahawks do and who they look to because yeah I mean we've not talked about all season in years we've not talked about all right who's gonna who's gonna come behind Russell Wilson like there's not been that conversation so they I don't think that they they can't win whether with the people or as a team without having someone of that caliber and there's no one i would say of russell wilson's caliber out there necessarily
3: well deshaun watson would be the only one if but then again i mean they but then the texans are more to trade
1: to seahawks because it's they not are, in their yeah.
0: division it's not in the afc so you poss- have that possible, potential yeah.
1: pete carroll's possible. out of that door so quickly yeah
0: i think he sees what happens in the draft gets the preseason you know what no this isn't for me see you later yeah <laughs>
4: He, the Watch thing the is, though, right? He's
3: <laughs> seven. He's seventy years old, but like he acts like he's forty, and he looks like he's sixty. So I think I don't know. He could go through a rebuild. Like I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, do, I don't, do you want I to don't do that?
1: Think he's thing? willing to do though. No. you. No. Pete Carroll is the man that ran you out think. of USC just before all the sanctions came down and escaped from all of that mess. That you know savagely hurt reggie bush and obviously really hurt the usc program and sneaky pete saw it coming down and was like i'll go and take that seattle job actually they got you know the post hasselbeck yeah he just there, he just and, slinked yeah. off and hid
3: in the nfl the biggest yeah.
1: uh
3: <laughs> biggest stage for football i yeah, don't well, know about ge- that opinion but yeah, yeah
1: sneaky pete genuinely that's why like, well i know he did with that, i know in he did NFL, that but it wasn't like he was pete.
3: hiding he went to He
1: he just got himself out of that situation with USC before it went bad. And I think he'll do the same. And I think Wilson is doing the same with Seattle. I think Wilson has seen that there isn't enough there at this point for Seattle to actually be competitive. But I kind of think that Seattle have done okay with this because they've got a lot of capital for it. Mm -hmm. And Russell Wilson's coming off like a pretty nasty injury. We didn't see the best of Russell Wilson at all. And the year before that, he faded out in the second yeah. half of the year. He was the MVP yeah. after seven weeks and then yes, was yeah. kind of nothing afterwards. So I wonder mm-hmm. if the Seahawks have actually got the better deal of, well, we've taken Denver's future and mm-hmm. we've got now a future that we can start a rebuild with a load of assets and an amazing young tight end in Noah Fant. just yeah. love him. So Yeah, I think he's great. I think Denver are going short term, a bit like the Rams and the and the Seahawks are going charges long term like, okay let's just slowly start to build here mm-hmm.
4: i think a lot of people will see what the rams have done and and think well maybe that's the way to go if we're just mm. looking to bring a super bowl home you know make an all-star team and, and see what happens so i'm interested to see how many teams think that way now and there's a lot of young coaches who potentially don't want to do that um but you never know people are just trying to be instant gratification because as whether we're talking american football we're talking football like soccer football we see a lot more there's no patience for these managers there's no patience for these head coaches so you'll have to live in a world where it's like okay how can we get this result (laughs) right
2: now
0: and it's also it's getting a proven commodity rather than having a draft pick which may or may not end up being as you expect them to be you know how they're going to react when they get to the pros you know how they're going to fit into your scheme properly you can do all the projections you want and they can look great at the practice field, but when they get out and they get hit in the mouth, well, are they still doing what they're supposed to do on the tape? Yeah. That's the question.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: I'd, I'd say like we
3: when we were, we were messaging on WhatsApp when the news came out, we we're kind of going back and forward about it, like, you know, who did well out of it? Um, and we we're saying like Russell Wilson, just from my point of view, it's a little strange him going, I know the Broncos have got a good squad, but They're the third best team in that division. I think, like, on paper right away. Would you put them then above uh, the Chargers then, on paper? I think think they could be above the Chargers, yeah. They're definitely number
0: two, close number two against the
1: Chiefs. I think it's still the third best quarterback out of those three. Yeah. But I think overall... I guess the Chargers have
3: got a lot to prove as well. Um, And the Raiders aren't slouches either. It's like, it is weird... For me, though, just looking at, like, he's gone from a division with uh, the Cardinals, who are good now, um, the Rams, who just won a Super Bowl, and the 49ers. And he's just gone to a division where, like, he doesn't want to do it the easy way, does he? Like, every Mm. game is going to be tough in that division.
1: And And you're now in an AFC playoff
3: bracket that is stacked
1: stacked with quarterbacks. I mean, the drop-off in the NFC compared to the AFC and QBs now is bonkers. Humongous. And like, there's nothing else out there for anybody else to go and get either in terms of like the market. I mean, I think it's hmm. it saved Carr's job in Vegas because he's been on the fence for the last two seasons and Gruden was like his biggest supporter apparently in that yeah. in that locker room. But because now-
3: Well, he should come to the NFC, shouldn't he? He's going to be one of the <laughs> best ones. <isn't> <laughs> How
4: to be a stud. But <laughs> the, Ra- the Raiders
1: with no, with no draft um, prospects that are apparently the next big thing in this draft. And who else? Did he, Kyler Murray has added the Cardinals back to his Instagram, guys. So I know you've all been tracking that pretty <laughs> oh, eagerly. So uh, yeah, so it looks uh, like he's staying. The child is staying there, apparently. Um, or baby Yoda, I think is uh, some people are calling him. But, um, but angry yes, toddler it, is how he runs, isn't it? And that's I prefer angry toddler. Angry toddler, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Kind of running around like this. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> certainly been throwing his toys out of the pram this off season. He has like, indeed but like there is, yeah, there's nobody else to get. So the the Raiders have to stick with car this year and car gets another chance. You know, if the Raiders don't finish last in that division, that's a big win for them. I think at that point.
3: Yeah. That's brutal for them. I didn't message. Our friend Yogi's been on, on the podcast with you guys. um, as a Raiders fan. And he messaged me straight away. He was like, well, (laughs) I think he (laughs) sent me a gif of like, you know, the guy just, like, has the papers on his desk and he just chucks them in the air. Just <laughs> just like this. So, yeah. Of course, all this time. happened
0: because Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the Packers. Yeah. Which is the first big bit of the news, wasn't it? Which oh, I, it'd those. be interesting to see, obviously, if you could have a sliding doors moment, if Rodgers had retired, whether Wilson would still go to the Broncos or not. Or if yeah. he'd gone to the Broncos, where Wilson would have ended up, or would he still be the Seahawks? Or is there another team secretly trying to trade for him?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't see aaron Rodgers ever leaving green bay now i mean you could probably say that about you know stafford as well they never thought that he and would tom
0: brady actually, yeah and
4: yeah so i, I don't know but I mean, he must have looked and, and thought what are my actual like options here and and he he had a bit of power because yeah. green bay aren't ready to be in that rebuild so he kind of had the chips and and in, on his side, mm. so I, I think he—I mean—he's done very well for himself uh in terms of the deal that he's created there. Well,
0: apparently that deal is false, by the way. So Pat McAfee he was reporting did. that as soon as it was said that the the Aaron Rodgers was telling him, literally from Aaron Rodgers' mouth, that there was no deal signed. The deal that's been reported is not right or true. Because if
1: you're Aaron Rodgers, why would you sign for four years? Yeah, I, that was the thing yeah. that I was wondering about because I, yeah, Adams it is the franchise tag, which means. Mm. Like surely if you're Rogers, you think, well, let's do one. Take more the veteran
0: minimum yeah, and yeah. let's get some people here and let's try and play games. Yeah. That's but, not, you wouldn't say, Oh, I want $200 million. Yeah. Unless mm. you're trying to make the media narrative to be, he's a money grabbing butthole that only cares about making as much money as possible.
4: I mean, people think that already. <laughs> no, I know that's, that's the reason why it's so believable
0: though, isn't it? It's the thing. But yeah. It exactly. was, um they were talking about that at great length after Rappaport's uh Tweet, and they said that's definitely false. So we might find out in the coming.
3: God, week. the NFL insiders had taken some heat after Schefter mm. broke the Brady news early, yeah. and Rappaport maybe getting that one wrong.
0: Yeah, well, of course, you may get it right, but it, again, Aaron Rodgers said that that was a deal that was thrown on the table, but he never signed it. Just because
1: it was thrown on the table doesn't mean it was signed. Yeah, which is also bad if Green Bay allowed that to get out. In terms of you've just at least deal sorted in principle a deal with Rodgers. Yeah, and you allow that to sneak out that that's the thing, and then that becomes the narrative, and that looks bad on Rogers. If it's not been signed, Rogers can turn around and be like, "Well, let's change the deal then, because I don't like the way that you're treating this." I mean, yeah. it's it's still quite a delicate situation in Green Bay, but it does look like he is going to be.
0: But maybe they sign him for four years because they want to make sure that if he decides he wants to try and leave next year, he can't leave to go anywhere else. Mm. It'd be like if Brady tries to come back and set Brady's team back for the Bucks. Bruce said, Oh, we want five first round picks or he's not at least not leaving. So that's the way you just try and lock up a player's
1: rights, don't you? That's that makes me think as well that Arians didn't really like Brady that much when he's like (laughs) if he wants to come back and play for somebody else, he can't. He's gonna be a buck or he's not gonna play. And it's just like (laughs) such a good like I own you, Tom. It's a weird, it's a really weird power move, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Um I
4: always feel like loyal like it's a loyalty thing too, isn't it? I mean they might not have gotten on either way. I, I think it's a I think Tampa Bay is a, a tough place to work and a tough place to play. Even though it's in beautiful weather, that doesn't mean that the building itself is is the easiest place. I mean they they obviously have oh, really? a very big like work mindset. And every team's different, right? So like an example. So in Buffalo, like there is not really you, you don't drink on any of the flights. Not like that's a thing, right? That doesn't. Not like that matters. But you don't. There's no like alcohol on any of the flights, P- post game or pre game, whatever. But like the pre game.
1: Yeah, pre game. Pre game. Have a few briskies
4: Yeah, but, yeah coach or player or, any, or staff. But like in.
1: That would explain those Josh Allen playoff performances.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <rude>. <laughs> but like Uh the 49ers they don't care like everyone can have a good time on the way back so like that already starts to like set the mindset like what are your work hours what are the expectations and that differs so much between every club so like yes you're in beautiful weather in tampa but bruce arians is a is a workhorse right like he he has a work ethic and he has he expects those around him to work at that same same level
1: that's weird that him and Brady didn't get like. Well, I don't know. I just made that up. Actually, you just making that <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. Holly? Yeah, <laughs> I, I changed the narrative. But that would. That, I mean, that would make you think that Aaron's and Brady would be like best buds over that, though, because they're both just savage workers in that sense.
4: So, but how does that work if you are a, an expert at what you do, and then BA is an expert at what he does, and then you come together? Mm. You've you come from two totally different. Right mentalities and experiences like whereas in in New England Bill and Tom Bill Belichick and Tom at Brady they work together in that mindset like that doesn't mean just because you're two amazing humans that you're going to work together like uh-huh. so the Patriots method may not be the BA method
1: mm, yeah that's true
3: Talking of the Patriots, the, the win for the Bills this last year must have been was that the best you've had as like a th- <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's the Bills. Those dance moves are
3: fantastic, by the way. Phoebe. Thank you. Thank
4: Loved you. Them. This is like throwing shapes, right? I'm yeah, yeah, scared. exactly. I, yeah. I
3: assume you're on TikTok, Phoebe, from your performances.
4: <laughs> oh, no, I'm well, too old. You should get that. on there. <laughs> <I should. laughs> My dog, I'll get make sure the dogs have a TikTok. That'd be way more entertaining. Huh. Um, yeah, that was major. I mean, there's so much like pent up, you know, aggression towards each other and like yeah. history between the teams. So for them to come out and like dominate against the Patriots, I mean, not punting like that's unheard of yeah. mm-hmm. To score on every drive. Like that was just, that was just a, a total, you know, screw you. We can do this. Yeah, Uh, the Patriots which I I love to see so because it it didn't go that way before right I mean like for for the Patriots to come in and just throw the ball three times like run the ball run the ball run the ball it's not it's not entertaining as uh it's not entertaining as a fan it's not entertaining as a coach you're as a player like staying engaged throughout that whole game now you've got like real juice flowing like Mm -hmm. energy going when when you're coming out there and like really giving it someone.
3: It's nice to be, you know, you're not only the fun team to watch, um, you know, in the in the division, but yeah, I th- I would have thought I was thinking about this as well. Like teams, obviously the Bengals were everyone's team this year because they exceeded expectations. I think because the Bills lost to the Chiefs in that in that way, I think you're going to have a lot of neutrals on your side this year. People's coming. chance, yeah. It yeah. feels like you're going to be in the, you know, the top five of like. You know, especially for people like me whose team hasn't got a chance to win a Super Bowl, we've got to like peg our flag to someone. And the Bills feel like, yeah, I might kind of, I don't know, get on that bandwagon fairly early and try and ride that to the Super Bowl.
4: <laughs> you know, I like it's weird. Buffalo has never been a place that people outside of Buffalo really want to be fans of. Yeah, it's like they like never want to give Buffalo credit, so much to uh, Ollie Wilson.
1: No, i um, love no. i love the bills i need to ch- we'd we sort this no, narrative I mean out like... i love the bills josh Allen. You, i just think he's you're criticizing
3: their My first ever son.
1: nfl merch was a buffalo bills hat when i was about six years old and i've i think i think the bills have got the genuinely the best merch schecter's got without a doubt the best hat i've ever seen uh, the gray one with the uh, with oh, the rainbow I, bill on. it's so nice that. that they've got mm. some of the best kits love the history Anybody that's watched the thirty for thirty documentary on the four Super Bowl losses in four a row, and rings. Like mm-hmm. that is but that shows how much the Bills mean to that city and like the way they came out and celebrated them just getting to a Super Bowl and the the reaction around like Scott Norwood and everything. I think it's just just unbelievable. You can't not love that team, I think. And Orchard Park, it's an old, dirty, horrible no <laughs> one wants to go there sort of ground. It's like, you know, the next oldest one what besides from lambo perhaps in the nfl at the moment i mean yeah it's a cool franchise uh yeah i think a lot of people should be on with the bills
4: but (laughs) but there's always a button there because nobody wants to give the bills credit for what they're doing like look at all these seasons you could win any game right like it doesn't matter like what game but until until people the people whoever these people are feel like it was a, a real game that means something like the Seahawks game, people don't care. They're mm-hmm. like, Oh, like nothing else matters. Oh, but they won that game. Oh, maybe we'll pay attention now. Yeah. And that's, that's more so what I mean. Like y- even then we're still, we're still doubting Josh Allen. I mean, Josh didn't even like really play in college and then he's come to the NFL had a pretty much Patriots length playbook to install for mm-hmm. Tom Brady for a rookie quarterback. You know, he's had to overcome those hurdles and with nobody to throw to, essentially, Zay Jones was pretty much it for his first year, two years. Um, And and that's, I mean, I think there's, people don't want to give the Bills credit. So that's why I think they feel that way too. That's why, I, I don't know if you've seen the shirts, like Buffalo versus everybody, because that is genuinely a mentality that they have.
1: That's also a great mentality to get in the building as well, though, isn't it? Without a doubt, like yeah. Sean McDermott's like, let's ramp this up a little bit. Yeah, let's go get the chip on yeah. the shoulder. The NFL hates us. They didn't give us a chance to win that game in overtime. We've been done by the... Do you think the Chiefs-Bills rivalry is something that can... Obviously, there's been two great playoff games now between mm-hmm. those two. Do you think that's something that can be one of those great rivalries of our time or do you think there's maybe so much talent in the AFC that it dilutes the potential for that because like getting back to the that level of the playoffs isn't a guarantee at all for the chiefs or the bills at, at this point when you look at everybody else around them
4: No and I don't know I mean yes it is a rivalry but I don't think people look if you look at both those games, I don't think people are going to look at it and think, oh, that's a rivalry. I think they're going to be like, that is some of the best like playoff football that they've seen, the most exciting yeah. playoff football. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think, because it's not like, you know, it's not like when you get uh, Pittsburgh versus the Browns. It's not like that sort of rivalry mm-hmm. or a New England Bills. It, it, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels more like, now this is exciting football that everybody, everybody's going to want to sign up to watch. You know it's going to be electric. And I think there's so much talent in the AFC. And I think we'll probably, again, with some, you know, your Herberts and guys like that. I think we'll see more of those types of games. Or I hope to see more of those types of games. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I would consider that a rivalry. Now, you're going if if they happen to go against each other again in a, a best of three sort of situation, I'd be really interested to see what happens because they've both got so much history and experience with each other yeah you know what do you actually do to to game plan because bar those you know bar those last like 13 seconds maybe 15 if you're including kickoff like what would you have really done differently
2: yeah mm-hmm. and
4: that's that's a tough question um i mean but, stop. No- yeah, <laughs> that'll help. Yeah,
0: thanks, Jazz. You should be uh, coaching. The there you day. go. That's how you do it. If you just do that, you're fine. Yeah, you just, just win the game. Up, and speaking of uh Sean McDermott, he is the like spitting image of Bill Burr. Is he as grumpy and as funny as Bill Burr, or is he more high energy? Because we don't really get to see much of his personality in the media room. No, I
4: know the uh, coach McDermott's lovely. He is, he is like he makes me laugh because he thinks he's really funny too like he'll just say things and he kind of like you know like those people that kind of he's not the funniest dude out there but like he'll say things and like look to make sure that like someone's laughing at him (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know and he's really he's he's such a nice human like I remember just walking through the hallways like and he was in front of me and he just like stopped to pick up some stickers that had like fallen off on the floor like a head coach does not need to do that. Do yeah. you know? But he cares about the building. He cares about the people.
2: Yeah.
4: Um. So he has kind of like a bit of a, a dry sense of humor and he's not afraid to kind of make a fool of himself and which is cool. But like my favorite relationship in there is like probably between him and uh, Leslie Frazier.
2: Because okay. Leslie
4: Frazier is like a little stir. He loves- oh, really? it, like Yeah, he is so funny. Because you don't really ever get to see much of him either, right? He's quite like, horizontal in in how he presents in his in his behavior but really like he is out there like stirring the pot at all times <laughs> so the two of them <laughs> together are brilliant to, to be a part of
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant do, think, you do you think you you were obviously not lucky uh, that's the wrong word but again but like uh, because the bills are still like they're a real storied franchise there is kind of an underdog mentality obviously with everything around that city you know there was i think it was was it sermon thomas in that 30, 30 for 30 that kind of crops up and says you yeah, know i was expecting to get off the plane thinking new york buffalo new york and it was not new york city so where's the skyscrapers <laughs> and there is there is that like small team small market team but Big impact on the NFL in some real formative years for the NFL, which I think is obviously important. Like the Jim Kelly era will not be forgotten for a long period of time. To go into that compared to going to if you'd ended up at like a a team that was based in Los Angeles, for instance, with the Rams or a Jets, or you know, there there are so many places that you could have ended up. Do you think Buffalo was that perfect fit for the kind of person you are?
4: Yeah, and it really it comes down to the entire organization as well. You know, I I think. Having a, a female owner was great because then the head coach that you bring on board usually is going to reflect what you believe in. Uh, you know, the head coach is—he's still a family guy. He's got—he's got daughters, and I think that makes a massive difference. He's also on the NFL like equality diversity committee, essentially. So you know, all those beliefs play into a big role in in terms of my experience um because I could have you know I could have easily ended up in another team where I I potentially didn't have the same great experience and um you know again it's all that trickle effect so the coaches that coach McDermott brings on board should reflect him and I mean obviously looking at Dable right Dable's gone and gotten another female coach intern on board so it says so much about the legacy it's left behind he's an Andy Reid guy um and so I think that plays a big part of it. Him and Ron Rivera were together at, um, in the Panther, you know, at the Panther, so he's been around really great people, and he reflects, you know, you take a piece from everybody that you meet, so, you know, he's a really, a really, like, lovely, he's a great leader, he's got a military background as well, so you get that really great work ethic, um, so no, I, I definitely, I was really fortunate to be with them, and I don't I don't know if I told you like the story when, when it came down to when I applied for the fellowship, the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship, I had pretty much already said yes to the Falcons and Scott Pioli. Oh. I, I had left, yeah. <laughs> Made I the right choice.
3: Left. Hey. <laughs> <Sorry>. Justin. <him. laughs>
4: and I'd Oof. literally like been in the i have been in the New York NFL office with Scott. And I got an email from Coach McDermott being like, Hey, can you chat in 20 minutes? So I like I ended my meeting with Scott, was like running through the streets of New York in the pouring rain to find like some like a car to sit in or whatever. Down the call with with Coach McDermott. And he was like, Hey, you know, this is Coach McDermott, blah, blah. Um, are you speaking with anyone else at the moment? And I, you know, I really wanted to be transparent and I said, Hey, I'm speaking with, you know, Scott in the Falcons. And he was like, right, well tell Scott, thank you, but you're going to be a bill now. And for me, that <laughs> oh, was like, like it still gives me goosebumps, you know, and, yeah, and that's like, fire. I love You should that. be
3: recruiting in college. Huh? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Precisely. So that for me, that like sealed the deal. And, and he just made it a great experience. You know, my first training camp, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was a deer in headlights because it's just the speed of it, the hours, all of that. But at the end of training camp, sat down with me and and reviewed and reflected on the six weeks and he didn't have to do that right and we stayed in contact I stayed in contact with all the coaches pretty much throughout until the next year came back for training camp and then at the end, you know, he he offered me the job for the season. So it was um the players, the coaches, the staff, like, you know, it's just so many really cool people. Um and I just feel so fortunate to be a part of that organization and, and still have, you know, such close ties with them.
1: And and to have avoided that horror show down in Atlanta as well. I mean, oh, that's got, you got to you got to think about that every day, right? You know, just <laughs> thanking your lucky stars. Oh, my stars. God. Oh my
2: Dude, I am so, I, I'm not
1: going to lie. I am so jealous of not only, like, that experience of being involved at, like, coaching at that level at all and then all the stuff you do with flag football and just being – you basically look like, if anybody follows you on Instagram and, and stuff like that, you look like you're playing – or involved around a football field 90% of the time. And the rest of the time you're talking about <laughs> it on TV and radio. And yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's so cool. I'm very, very jealous indeed, mate.
4: Oh, I think it's it's just a matter of, you know, when I first got involved in the sport in the UK, like I knew it changed my life. Like it genuinely changed my life. You know, I never thought that I would be as confident as I am now or, um, you know, have speaking abilities or or anything like that. And I think it gave me a social group, it gave me a, gave me like a real purpose. And I, for me, it was always, how can I send the elevator back down? How can I make sure that I'm not the last one that other people get these yeah. great opportunities to travel and see the world and meet amazing people like yourselves. And I, I think that's something I, I strive towards doing still. I mean, yeah, I, I do do a lot of really cool things, but that's because I've, sacrifice so much to put myself in an opportunity to do that and even mm. then you know half the stuff I do I, I don't get paid for but it's not and you know maybe that's bad on me because I need I, I need to think at some point I need to get paid for things but <laughs> you like you know
0: you worth, sort of thing yeah, yeah
4: yeah but for me it's not even a it's not about the money it's about people's experiences and how you can in a in the meet you know the matter of five minute conversation how you can Change their lives just by investing a little bit of your time into who they are, and and that's more important to me than than anything else. I will take that over money any day of the week.
3: Well, you see, you see, Ollie is only in it for the money. He's uh, <laughs> he's a mercenary.
4: He I'm makes me and swag. Jazz
3: pay. He makes me and Jazz pay for this podcast. We have to give him money every week. Yeah, appearance fees. That's how that's how it that how it goes down, to be honest. And uh, and then there's producer
1: fee as well and all that kind of stuff. adds yeah, <laughs> up. It just <laughs> stacks up. I mean, we know, we know that you're good at the, you want to impart five minutes onto anybody you can, because you might be the most conversational person at all of these events to the point that I've Always seen,
4: they're like, let's go. I've, I've seen you
1: in conversations <laughs> with people you don't want to be in conversations with and you're still in a conversation. <laughs> Too nice.
4: <laughs> no I mean, names will be mentioned no
1: names will be mentioned whatsoever <laughs> but it is a very enjoyable thing to to watch and study
4: for
1: one of us yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, we've <laughs> taken up like an hour or two hours of your time tonight so um i really appreciate you coming on and chatting uh, just one last question all right we haven't asked this to a guest
0: for like a couple of oh shows. yeah yeah <laughs> scott Jenks, fan or not a fan wait say that
4: again i, I totally cut you off
0: <laughs> it's okay scotch eggs do you like scotch eggs
4: when i ate meat i did i did okay yeah minus but actually now you can get like vegan veggie ones or whatever yeah and they're still really nice oh, that's good yeah do you that's like the them? first
0: yeah we do we the first positive we've had because uh when richard graves is on he was talking about he did that bit on sky sports about fish and chips or scotch eggs i think it was yeah. and everyone hated Scotch. T-
1: he did it on nfl network let's oh sorry that's yeah, the nfl yeah, network sorry so yeah
0: he was saying Archie hated scotch eggs and we were all quite offended by the fact that the scotch egg is a very humble bit of food but it is a very delicious thing if it's done properly um and we didn't like the hate it had so we thought we'd ask lots of people we've had on for it and in fairness you're probably the first one to say that they'd have it without any modifications then Brandon Copeland said if you throw some cheese in there I might listen but aside from that
3: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah exactly if you
0: deep
3: fry it and
1: put cheese on it but that's deep fried already isn't it? it's a thing that's kind yeah. of weird that the yeah. person yeah. that doesn't eat meat is the first person that's been like, yeah, yes. scotch egg is fine. Yeah, don't yeah. Worry.
4: That <laughs> was like my Sunday treat, a scotch egg and a um, sticky toffee pudding.
1: Oh, oh lovely. Yeah. What a combo.
0: Great choices. Yeah. <laughs> Here I move. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. But do you do red sauce or brown sauce?
0: On the scotch egg? Yeah. I just have as this. Really? Yeah, if you have enough of a runny really, really, really yolk, that's all the sauce mm. you need. obviously if it's come straight from like a supermarket shelf and it's horrifically dry yeah i'd go for some some ketchups from red sauce i'm not a fan of brown sauce myself a bit too tangy
4: it'd be too tangy it actually says Mm. that on the label i'm sure i'm sure it does yeah (laughs) weird the tangy sauce is a bit too tangy for you Oh,
2: amazing. <laughs> I think Jazz
3: is just getting enough experience of podcasting where he can spin off and do a food podcast. That's my yeah. take on it. I mean, I think it, it would will last happen.
0: not very long.
4: Building yeah.
0: a I mean, I wouldn't yeah. listen to it, so. <laughs> no, I, was, I don't think anyone would. You're one you listener down. <laughs> so I will
4: listen. There I you
0: go, food. Phoebe. I'm sure my mum nice, as Phoebe. well. as two.
1: <laughs> That's all I need. Nice. I'll listen to it as three. What was, the best, what was the best food from the Super Bowl trip then? Because I know you did, obviously. And don't say... You, did you drink at the touchdown trips youtube video uh, i had a seen? i
4: did have a drink you're right yeah,
1: yeah you did see you were knocking I them did. back I at the super had, um... bowl as well you, you know it's not allowed on the bills plane but on the talk sport journey <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> i did i had a blueberry margarita like so
1: glassy a little
4: bit of jalapeno you know oh, <laughs> oh very nice oh, very... so nice did it have had... too
0: much salt around the rim though that one didn't, I no. That, yeah, I, last time I had margarita, the person in New York just took the glass and coated the entire thing in salt. It was just salt. I don't want to drink salt. Yeah. I want to drink an alcoholic beverage that's got some nice flavor to it, not just salt. Yeah,
4: you have to go margarita on the rocks, no salt. Oh, that's yeah, there you go. Now,
1: there next you go. time, next time. Next time, do. Yeah. next time. So mm, that'll
4: little, be our night out.
1: Let's a little, go. A yeah. <laughs> little bit of salt. You've got to have a little bit of salt. No, More, I don't know about okay. that
4: chili pepper oh. like a cayenne salt that's oh, nice oh yeah
1: that sounds really that's good. That's yeah. good yeah I've had it's that so yeah good. spicy rock uh-huh. salt yeah that's strong yeah uh, what was the best food from the Super Bowl by the way
4: <laughs> oh so I really liked that um fixin's that was just around the corner that like southern comfort food that was really really nice wow is Everything, that like is that like
3: fried chicken and stuff what's that
4: yeah waffles okay. um I, I don't even remember what I got I had like a oh man what kind of it was some sort of like fish sandwich and it was so so good mac and cheese nice. kool-aid all the all the fat you all the good ever stuff. really need <laughs> no <laughs> calorie counting on they light. <laughs> what was your favorite food
1: oh the shrimp the shrimp in vegas was a
4: oh yeah
1: the hot and spicy shrimp they have a place in london
4: you posted that i want to go uh, which go. place is
1: it hot and spicy or hot and juicy i think it's called you but you you don't sit in and eat. Jazz it. is instantly going <laughs> to
3: look on
0: his phone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Are you right? a
2: foodie? Oh yeah,
0: yeah I oh, can yeah. eat and drink and do that all day long. Hot and
1: spicy, right. you say? I think it's hot and juicy shrimp. Hot um, and juicy shrimp yeah they do not sponsor Virg it does feel like there's them. a strip club oh, that's yep, probably called hot and juicy
3: so <laughs> yeah. be careful what you google
1: <laughs> it does sound like that oh, doesn't it classic atlanta fan brings it back to the strip joints yeah yeah what? I get
2: it. magic city baby yeah 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 i know what you <laughs>
1: come on now it's a bethnal green yeah you pick up the bag from there so you don't eat in but you go You yeah you go and get your bag of shrimp that was that was the. Business. oh that sounds marvelous yeah they're boiling the it. bag whole potato whole bits of corn on the cob yeah that was um that Classic. was a pretty good one although i did just in en- i really enjoyed the day after the super bowl where i went and just got a california pizza kitchen pizza mm. and i just sat on my hotel bed and was so tired i was like this is that felt really good it's just like a nice relaxing downtime thing. yeah that was strong <laughs> right <laughs> let's wrap this up phoebe where can everybody find you on social media and stuff like that
4: just my name, Phoebe Schechter. Um, and on anything, if anybody needs anything, shoot me a message. I will help the best that I possibly can. Otherwise, you can always hit us up on the UK Jukes, and we are Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is you guys need, just trying to grow the sport in the UK and Europe.
1: And it's better to go through UK Jukes because that will be managed by Kenny, who is uh, Phoebe's media handler. Which means no, no. Which means you have somebody doing the generic admin that Kenny does for you, and then it can be all streamlined, and you can get your answers back properly. That's what I'm talking about. Mm, mm,
4: <laughs> you think Kenny does that? I just, I just,
1: I just like the idea that we created that Kenny was basically like your media guy for the whole of the I know. week, <laughs> just he passing me around. To him. <laughs> <laughs> he's like,
4: don't worry, I'm negotiating. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: We're gonna get him on this as well, by the way, because he's um, how he's not doing more in the NFL UK scene in terms of like like sky sports should be getting him on to talk about stuff like talk sport yeah. we should have had him on more during the super bowl and everything like he's crazy funny he's charismatic yeah. and he knows about the sport like that's yeah. what you want get him yeah, hosting his know. huddle his and huddle that's what we'll get going Right. <laughs> <that a> <laughs> <laughs> gender equality here yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>